Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to the Astrology Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be presenting horoscopes for all 12 zodiac signs for the entire year ahead for 2023. So these are astrological forecasts that are primarily meant to be listened to relative to your rising sign, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you're born during the day, or your moon sign, especially if you're born at night. So I'm going to go ahead and read timestamps for where each of the signs of the zodiac begin in this audio recording, and then you can jump ahead to that timestamp if you want to listen to your sign. So uh, I originally live streamed these on YouTube, and the video versions contain a bunch of visuals that are actually kind of helpful um, if you're a visual learner, and they contain some things that are not described in the audio. So if you feel like you're missing anything, then just go to my YouTube channel and for the astrology podcast, and you'll see the, the full horoscopes there. But otherwise, if you just want to listen to the audio version, then here's the timestamps for when each signs begin in this recording. So Aries begins at 2 minutes, Taurus 23 minutes 44 seconds, Gemini 41 minutes 0 seconds, Cancer 1 hour 5 minutes 7 seconds, Leo 1 hour 26 minutes 53 seconds, Virgo, 1 hour, 51 minutes, 52 seconds. Libra, 2 hours, 8 minutes, 13 seconds. Scorpio, 2 hours, 26 minutes, 57 seconds. Sagittarius, 2 hours, 45 minutes, 19 seconds. Capricorn, 3 hours, 6 minutes, 57 seconds. Aquarius, 3 hours, 24 minutes, 35 seconds. Pisces, 3 hours, 41 minutes, 49 seconds. All right, enjoy your forecast for the year ahead, and be sure to check out our other Big Monday in Forecast episode for 2023 that will be out next week. For the sign of Aries, for the entire year ahead of 2023. So uh, my horoscopes are meant to be read from your rising sign primarily if you have Aries rising, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign if your sun is in Aries, especially if you were born during the day, or your moon sign, especially if you were born during the night. So the first one I want to start with is Mars it's, is finishing its long retrograde period in Gemini in your third house of siblings, communication, neighbors, and short-distance travel uh, during the course of the first three months of 2023. So most of this transit already took place in the later part of 2022, where we just passed the middle point actually very recently. But Mars isn't actually going to station direct until January 12th, and it's not going to leave the sign of Gemini that it's transiting in your chart until um, later in March. So Mars transits typically can indicate um, periods of conflict or difficulties or setbacks or um, sometimes even discord in the area of life that they transit. So for you, this could involve like getting in a fight or a falling out with siblings or neighbors. It can indicate being more prone to having combative communication or um, verbal arguments since it's your third house. Um, it can also indicate some difficulties or interruptions in a short distance trip, like um, having issues with like a car or getting into some sort of accident or something like that. So it doesn't always have to be the worst case scenario, but the main piece of advice for the first three months of the year is just to be extra cautious and careful because sometimes Mars transits can make us a little bit impulsive. And when we do things or say things impulsively, sometimes 
uh, we can get ourselves into trouble by acting first before we think or getting into a period of being more hot-headed than normal, and that can sometimes put us in difficult or even dangerous situations. So that's one of the first transits that I wanted to mention in the very first part of the year that lasts until March 25th. Um, the next transit that's really notable is that Saturn is finally going to depart from the sign of Aquarius. It's moving out of a long three-year transit through your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances, which could have indicated a period of contraction and running into surmountable difficulties with friends and groups, or having to re restructure your social life in some way, uh, with Saturn transiting through your third house since about March of 2020, give or take. And now Saturn's going to be moving into your 12th house. And the 12th house has to do uh, traditionally in ancient astrology with themes of um, enemies, uh, sometimes health issues, such as um, either physical health issues like long-term health issues or sometimes um, dealing with mental health things. And other times it can just have to do with themes having to do with seclusion or finding yourself needing to embrace themes of solitude. So Saturn transits can be a period of contraction and sometimes can indicate surmountable difficulties. So sometimes there can be an issue that arises in this area that forces you to deal with it, but it's one of those cliche sort of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type scenarios rather than something that just um, gets completely in your way and knocks you off course. So one of the things I like to talk about when it comes to the 12th house is um, enemies. And by enemies, I mean sometimes that just simply means people you don't get along with in your life. And with Saturn transits, it's always going to have to do with um, needing to think about how to address those people and um, fix those structures in your life without tearing everything down. So what do you do when you run into a disagreement with somebody? Or what do you do when you run up against something in your life where you know, this person just uh, is out, out for you for some reason, and you need to figure out a calm and sort of like collected way to deal with that without getting overly depressed or um, walking away from the situation or what have you. So that's going to be one of your themes that's going to come up over the course of the next three years because Saturn's going to be transiting through that sector of your chart until early 2026. Um, this is also a good time to pay attention to health issues as well as long term. Um, mental th uh, things in order to just make sure you're doing the best job um, taking care of yourself and that you're doing good diet and exercise and even mental health regimes in order to make sure you're not letting things go and letting things get to the point where you have some sort of issue come up just because you're not doing what you sort of already know that you're supposed to be doing. So if there's any way that you can be more proactive about dealing with physical and mental uh, health over the course of the next two to three years, I think that would be constructive because then you'll come out the other side of this transit um, in much better shape than you did going into it because you've kind of confronted and dealt with some of the issues that maybe you'd let go for, for a period of time. Um, additionally, with Saturn going through your 12th house, um, you may just find yourself a little bit less social, especially with Saturn departing from your 11th and the emphasis going from the 11th to the 12th. But sometimes that can be okay to sort of embrace uh, some of those feelings of isolation or solitude in some instances and find um, some deeper level of happiness or fulfillment even doing that, just going solo or going it alone sometimes. All right, so that transit 
really begins in March and it's going to be on for the next like three years off and on. It'll be more or less intense at different points depending on how it's hitting your birth chart. The other transit I wanted to mention, so I talked about Saturn departing from your 11th house of friends and groups, but interestingly what happens right around the same time is that on March 23rd, the planet Pluto dips into Aquarius for the very first time for a few months and just gives you a little bit of a preview this year of what that very long-term 20-year transit of Pluto through Aquarius and through your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances is going to be like. So with Pluto going through the 11th, Pluto has to do with themes of intensity and taking small things and making them bigger. Um, It also can sometimes have to do with themes of control and power and sometimes even manipulation. And for you, with that going through your 11th house, this is primarily going to focus on themes related to friends and groups and alliances, as well as potentially broader themes having to do with organizations or social movements. So you may find yourself um, in a greater position of power over the course of this transit, where suddenly you're in a position of authority and you have to decide what to do with that power. And if put in that position, if you can wield power in a way that's ethical and good, um, or alternatively, if you can run into issues with that and sometimes receive pushback because you don't wield that power in a very um, ethical way. It's going to be largely up to you, but that may be part of a long-term learning process for you because this transit, um, while it only lasts for a few months this year, that's just the initial preview, the initial dip of Pluto into Aquarius, and then it's going to go back into your 10th house of career for most of the rest of the year. Um, It's going to be a transit that you want to pay attention to just because it's going to last for so long um, into, I believe, the early 2040s. So um, that's a long-term transit. It's going to hit different people's charts in different ways. So it's not that that transit's going to be intense during the entire period, but as soon as that planet changes signs, it would be good to pay attention to what themes start to arise in your life with respect to friends and groups, just because some of those themes may have much more longer-term importance than you might expect uh, just initially. So definitely pay attention to that. All right, I see we have a bunch of people in the live chat. Thanks everyone for joining me today. I'm actually able to follow this a little bit, um, and I appreciate all your comments. I may have a little little time for question and answer later, but if you have any experiences or, or events based on past transits that I mentioned, uh, be sure to let me know in the comments just because I'm curious how other people with Aries rising have experienced some of these transits or um, what they might anticipate coming up in the future based on some of the things that I'm already saying here. All right, so let's go back. So those are some of the heavier transits this year. I want to transition now into some of the more positive transits because there's actually a lot of good ones this year, especially for those with Aries rising. So the first one I want to focus on and pay attention to is one that's about to begin again here, which is Jupiter is going to ingress into Aries here later in December of 2022, and it's going to be transiting through the sign of Aries for the entire first about five months of 2023. So Jupiter is the planet of growth and expansion and possibilities, and going through your rising sign um, is usually a period of growth and expansion, especially in your uh, a personal sense and your sense of self. So you're going to find yourself being a bit more optimistic this year. You're going to find yourself potentially being a little bit more lucky this year in terms of being in the right place at the right time. Um, Jupiter transits 
um, have this sense of just like optimism and growth and possibilities. And I think this year, especially in the first five months, you want to pay very close attention to any opportunities for growth, either um, personal and internal, but also, as we'll see later, there can also be some potential for growth even financially this year as well, because the next transit that's going to take place after Jupiter departs from Aries is that Jupiter is actually going to move into Taurus for the entire second half of the year. And the second house or Taurus for you is your second house, which is the place of finances, possessions, and income. So basically, you're going to go from one pretty positive transit that can affect things like your sense of self, body, your character in terms of being more optimistic, as well as your appearance. So that the, if there's anything about your appearance that you've wanted to change or trying new things that you've wanted to experiment with, this can be a good time for that with Jupiter going through your first in the first half of the year. We're then going to shift into a period of growth and expansion with respect to money, possessions, and finances in the second half of the year, which basically can just be a good period to attempt to grow financially. If there's new projects that you've been wanting to initiate, this can be a good time to do that business-wise. Um, if you've thought about um, it's not usually a period of like consolidation necessarily because that's more of a Saturn transit type thing in the second house, but basically just um, finding areas where there's the potential for growth, seeing if you can put sort of water on those areas in terms of like planting new seeds in that area. And this will be a time in the second half of the year where you'll see those things growing much more than previous years. And in some ways, um, this is going to be a continuation because we've already had a number of eclipses taking place in the sign of Taurus recently, which indicates major beginnings and major endings for you financially, so that you may have already started trying some new things financially over the course of 2022. Um, but here, I think in 2023, you're going to find more success. So you're going to see that the seeds that you planted previously are starting to grow in a way that's much more fruitful and a much more just readily. Uh, accessible for you than in other other times, like in 2022. All right, so Jupiter in the second good financial transit, entire second half of the year. Other really positive transits going on this year. We've got a Venus retrograde in the sign of Leo, so that's going to really take place. It's going to start as soon as June, as soon as Venus ingresses into Leo on June 5th, and that's going to last all the way until Venus departs from Leo on October 8th. But really, the greatest period of intensity is when Venus will slow down and station retrograde from July 22nd until it eventually stations direct on September 3rd. So, for you with Aries rising, uh, Leo, of course, is your fifth house. And the fifth house traditionally has to do with um, significations like children, but also things like creativity or that which you create, but also fun, games, pleasure. Uh, the fifth house is also the house of sex and romance. So with Venus going retrograde in this house, especially for those of you with night charts, this is going to be a relatively positive period for just having fun, enjoyment, pleasure, and all of those different things. Um, with Venus going retrograde, though, sometimes things can come back from the past that you thought were over or that you, for some reason, need to revisit. So especially since this is your fifth house, this may have to do with uh, romantic things from your past that you have to go back and look at again because Venus is literally going to slow down and then retrace her steps. And for some reason, or, or for some people, Venus retrogrades can actually connect events 
that happen in eight-year increments. So the last time that Venus went retrograde in the same spot in the zodiac in Leo was in the summer of 2015, exactly eight years earlier. So for some of you, you may be revisiting events that happened during that summer of 2015 and going back. And sometimes this can be reconnecting with people that you that were important with your life back then. Um, other times it can be looking back at events that happened back then and finding out that you need to revisit them for some other reason, whether to reconnect with people or in other instances, it can be like a brief reconnection, but you can still end up deciding that you made the right choice before if there was a choice to separate or to no longer continue certain relationships. That's going to be, for many of you, like one of the choices that you have over the course of this coming summer. Um, additionally, it can be a period of important developments when it comes to children. So either if you have children or if you're thinking about children or if children are on the table, um, or even honestly, if you, you know, were not planning on having children, you might want to be a little bit careful during that time period because sometimes having important transits in your fifth house can indicate a period in which the topic of children suddenly becomes more important to you for some reason, which can sometimes actually for certain people be an indicator of having children unexpectedly at certain times in life. So that's actually a pretty positive transit, especially for those of you with, with uh, night charts. The Jupiter transits through the second house of finances are going to be more positive for those of you with day charts. The final set of things that I want to talk about is the eclipses that are taking place this year. So um, what we're going to see is a shift of the eclipses first taking place in April and May, where those two eclipses are going to be taking place um, in the signs of Aries and Scorpio, which is your first house of self and your eighth house of other people's money and shared resources and finances. Uh, the eighth house can also be have to do with inheritance or other topics surrounding mortality uh, and, and that general topic in general. So part of this is that we're going to start to see a shift of the eclipses this year, which are going to move into they're going to move out of your second and eighth house axis where they've been for most of 2020 at this point or, or 2022, which is your financial axis. So you've seen and already been through a period of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to topics like finances, personal possessions, um, debt, inheritance, the assets of other, or even your partner's resources. So some of that you've already seen start where you've had major beginnings or major endings in that area. And that story is basically going to continue on as we get the last two eclipses in uh, the signs of Scorpio and Taurus during the course of 2023, but it will also start to wrap up and be brought to, com to conclusion. So many of you probably already know what that story is about because you've already seen some of those major changes take place the last couple of times we had eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio, for example, in October and November of 2022 or earlier in the year in April and May of 2022. So just think to uh, stories of major beginnings and endings when it comes to finances in that sector of your chart. So I have a sense that for many of you with Aries rising that this is going to be a positive story, a positive conclusion to that story since Jupiter is ingressing into Taurus and into your house of finances and resources. So it should be like a, a good ending to whatever that financial chapter was that's 
um, beginning in your life or ending in your life, and then the new chapter that's beginning in terms of finances. Um, but the eclipse axis is shifting now out of your financial sector, and during the course of 2023, it's going to start taking place in Aries and Libra, which is your um, self versus relationship sector of your chart. So what'll happen at this point is that, especially later in the year, in that second eclipse that's going to take place um, in the sign of Libra in October, that's when you're going to start getting eclipses in your seventh house of relationships. And usually that means that the person is going to go through a period of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to relationships. So for some of you, if you um, are single or if you don't have relationships in your life at this present point in time, you may find yourself actually beginning a major relationship at this time when those eclipses start taking place um, in that sector of your chart. For others, it can be a period where relationships either come to an end if they're not meant to last, or it can be a period where you reach a turning point or the end of a chapter in a current relationship so that you've sort of gone as far as you can go, but something needs to change at this point when it comes to relationships in your life. Um, eclipses, as we've seen, especially in October and November, can have this kind of disruptive energy where everything is sort of thrown up in the air and becomes very chaotic. Um, so that's one of the things that can sometimes happen or, or you can sometimes feel when it comes to eclipses. But ultimately, I think these changes are typically for the best because it's pushing you in a direction sometimes that you might not have gone otherwise or that you might have been reluctant to go, even though it's probably um, the better direction for you to go ultimately or the direction that you're supposed to head. So with the eclipses, though, bouncing back and forth between your seventh house of relationships and your first house of self, sometimes you'll find yourself teeter-tottering between those two topics in six-month increments, basically, starting in 2023 and that carrying forward into 2024, where we see the rest of that eclipse series, where sometimes you're going to be putting more focus on relationships, maybe too much focus on relationships so that you start neglecting your, your own needs for yourself, versus other times you're going to start putting more focus on yourself and what you want in life, and you might start neglecting your relationships to a certain extent, which then will create an imbalance there, so it starts going back and forth in these six months in increments. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just a process that'll be happening over the course of about a year and a half or two as the eclipses are taking place in that sign. And by the end of it, by the time we come out of that eclipse series at some point in 2024-2025, um, you'll just see yourself emerge with a much better grasp on who you are, what you want in life, and what your sense of self-identity is, as well as um, you know, what you want out of relationships and what types of relationships you want to attract in your life or cultivate at this point in time, and how that might be different compared to, let's say, earlier in your life, let's say five or 10 years earlier. So that, I believe, is actually the last major transit that I wanted to mention for you was those eclipses, which will take place again, April and May, and then in October, there's a, a large concentration of eclipses at that point. All right, so those are the major themes that I wanted to cover in this um, year ahead forecast for the rising sign of Aries for 2023. All right, that's it for this horoscope. So I'll see you again next time.
All right, so let's jump right into it, Taurus. These are some of the transits that I want to focus on today and some of the, the major planetary alignments in 2023, along with some of the dates that we're going to talk about here, just in order to get through the key uh, turning points during the course of the next 12 months. So the first one that I want to focus on is right at the beginning of the year, Mars is finishing up its retrograde period, which is going through the sign of Gemini, which is your second house of money and finances and resources. So this is a transit that began way back in August when Mars first uh, moved into or first ingressed into your second house of finances, but it really intensified around late October when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde in your second house of finances. And that's been somewhat intense because we're only recently getting about halfway through that transit. So Mars transits tend to indicate sometimes in the best case scenario, periods in which we put a lot more emphasis and effort and focus on that area of life. In your case, that would be on making money and doing what it takes in order to uh, bring in an income. So some of the positive sides of this can just be increasing your money-making potential by um, just putting a lot more effort into finances than at other times, or in some instances doing what it takes in order to clean up your finances, even if it involves cutting some things out or getting rid of some uh, bills and other things that maybe are no longer useful. So the downside of this transit is that Mars transits through the second house can sometimes indicate conflicts or tensions surrounding money and resources in your life, and especially around the time of the stations, with the very first station taking place um, in, or the second station taking place around January 12th, um, this may be a time period in which you may have to confront some things head on in your life that are causing challenges for you financially and maybe even leading to some financial losses. So sometimes people get in a period of spending more impulsively or being somewhat reckless with their finances during this time. And that's definitely a potential. So if you you're already have that sort of tendency or if you already had Mars connected with this, the financial sector in your chart, that can be a greater tendency. So you may want to be careful during this time just not to spend impulsively, not to do anything reckless that could lead to major financial losses. Um, and additionally, if there's a, a potential for conflict over finances involving you or other people, to try to steer clear of that or at least go into it knowing that this could be a period that could be a little bit more tricky for finances than other times. So that period is going to last, uh, of that Mars transit, is going to last all the way through uh, March 25th, because that's the point at which Mars will eventually leave that sign of uh, Gemini and move into your third house of communication and short distance travel. So pay attention to that as one of the initial sort of opening transits during the course of this year. All right, so next transit that I want to talk about for Taurus rising is Saturn is going to move into the sign of Pisces on March 7th. And this is going to begin a three-year-long transit of Saturn through this sign. So on the one hand, this is kind of a good thing because Saturn is departing from a three-year transit through your 10th house of career and reputation and your overall life direction. So Saturn 10th house transits can be periods of consolidation where sometimes you can have setbacks when it comes to your career or you can have obstacles that come up that you have to 
um, overcome in order to go where you want. Or in some instances, Saturn transits, for a number of you, have completely um, told you no, that you can't proceed further in a certain direction with your career. So the good news is that three-year-long transit is over, and I think um, there's going to be a bit of a lightening up once Saturn departs from your 10th house here in March. So after that, Saturn's going to move into Pisces and begin a three-year-long transit through your 11th house of friends and groups and social movements. So this may be a period of consolidation when it comes to um, friends and groups at this point in your life. And what happens with that, what happens when you have uh, Saturn transit in your 11th house is sometimes you can go through a period where friendships um, are a little bit more difficult to come by or where you can sometimes encounter a sort of falling out with friends or sometimes have to make some decisions about what friendships you keep in your life. Maybe in some instances you've kind of outgrown some friendships or there's some friends that aren't being very good to you or that you may need to have a sort of reappraisal about what you're getting from the friendship and if it's actually enough to keep putting energy into it. In some instances, the answer will be yes, and you'll just go through a period of really figuring out who your closest friends are and solidifying some of those bonds. But in other instances, you may find that um, you don't want to continue to, to keep certain friendships and they might fall out of your life, either naturally or in some instances, more actively or more deliberately. So as soon as Saturn goes into your 11th house in March, you should start getting a preview of what that's going to be like. And that's going to be a transit that's going to happen sort of off and on in greater levels of intensity over the course of the next three years through early 2026. So that's, pr that's a pretty big transit coming up and a pretty, good, pretty big shift. All right, so one of the other pretty big shifts is that Pluto is going to dip into Aquarius and it's going to dip into your 10th house here for a few months between March 23rd and June 11th. So this is going to go into the career sector of your chart again, just like Saturn has been over the past few years. But whereas Saturn tends to uh, constrict things or indicate periods of consolidation or slowing down, Pluto has a tendency to take little things and sort of blow them up and make them much bigger. So for you, um, having Pluto going through your 10th house of career may indicate a period in which you either go through a major transformation in terms of your career, or you find yourself in positions of power uh, career-wise that are much bigger than you ever dealt with before, and you start having issues and questions about how you wield power when you're in a position of authority. Um, sometimes it can be the reverse, where it's that you're in a subordinate position and you're having to deal with superiors that are wielding power in ways that can be somewhat difficult or controlling or manipulative, and you have to find a way to balance that out in your life one way or another. So either scenario is possible. This is a pretty long-term transit because this is just Pluto dipping in for a few-month preview of what is otherwise going to be a 20-year-long transit through this sign of Aquarius. So I don't want to emphasize that too much because it's going to last for such a long chunk of your life coming up here for the next couple of decades, but it will be interesting to pay attention to just that first few month dip of Pluto into Aquarius just to get a little bit of a preview of uh, what's coming up over the course of the next couple of decades, just in terms of your career. All right, 
Moving on, some of the other transits happening this year is we've got a lot of Jupiter action taking place where in the first five months of the year, it's going to zoom through Aries and zoom through your 12th house. But then eventually, Jupiter in the middle of May is going to move into the sign of Taurus and into your rising sign. Or if for some people, this may be your sun sign or your moon sign. My horoscopes, I usually recommend look at, looking at them from the perspective of your, your rising sign. Although sometimes you can look from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you're born during the day, or your moon sign, especially if you're born at night. So the 12th house transit is going to be tied in with um, some eclipses that are also going to be taking place this year in your 10th house, where we're going to get a shift of, a, of the eclipse axis from your first and seventh house, which is Taurus and Scorpio. And that is your like self versus relationships axis. And we're going to get a shift of the eclipses to the, um, the health and work axis, basically the sixth and twelfth house axis for the most part. So I think some of that's going to be very positive. So eclipses plus Jupiter traveling through your twelfth house in the first half of the year is usually indicative of a period of, of expansion and growth by looking within and going through a period of reflection, looking back on the past. Sometimes this can bring up issues from the past, but in a way that's healing or in a way that helps you to, to address and deal with things that happen from the past. Um, it can be a good time to explore um, looking into mental health things and ways to improve your mental health, either through therapy or other practices that can help you to address uh, different things that you have going on mentally. And this is going to be tied in also because we're going to be getting some eclipses in the sixth house with a period of needing to focus a little bit more on your physical health at the same time. So some people actively start new major health re regimes during this time or regimens during this time, like starting to go to the gym, starting to eat healthier or do other things. The big theme with eclipses is my keywords for them is major beginnings and major endings. So here is the date of the eclipses. We've got one in Aries in your 12th house on April 20th. Then we've got one in your seventh house of relationships on May 5th in Scorpio. There's uh, another eclipse later in the year. The second eclipse series starting on October 14th is in Libra in your sixth house of health and work. And then finally, we've got a Taurus eclipse in your first house of self, body, and mind on October 28th. So there's a lot of health focus this year um, and a lot of additional emphasis on health and bodily matters as well as potentially mental health. But as I said, since eclipses can represent major beginnings and major endings, it may just be closing one chapter of your life when it comes to some health matters and the way that you've been dealing with uh, either physical or mental health for a number of years and opening up a new chapter where you're sort of treating those topics in a different way that takes your life forward um, in a more positive direction, especially with Jupiter transiting through your 12th and first houses this year. So that looks um, like it could be actually very positive. All right. One of the other things that's coming up this year is we've, we've got a Venus retrograde that's coming up in the sign of Leo, which is, and it's happening this summer in your fourth house of home, family, private life, 
Um, and sometimes the parents or the living situation are all fourth house topics. So a Venus retrograde in the fourth house, um, in one sense, I've seen different people reorganizing or redecorating their house, like basically finding a way in order to make their living situation more comfortable or more aesthetically pleasing is a pretty common trend. Um, but it can indicate just a, a positive period in terms of your home and living situation so that for example, if things have been up in the air recently, or if you've had any problems in terms of your living situation, having a Venus retrograde there, especially if you have a night chart, can be a period where you go back and you're able to rectify some issues in that area of your life and basically clean up a bit in either metaphorically or sometimes very, very literally. In other instances, Venus retrogrades can sometimes have you bring back old relationships or go back and look at old relationships in your life and reassess them. So for Taurus rising, since this is taking place in your fourth house of home and family, it may be that there are some of you who need to go back and reassess some relationships with your parents and some of the things that have happened with them in the past. Um, so in some instances, this can be a little bit challenging or a little bit difficult, but usually by the end of the transit, there's some sort of positive um, rectification or sometimes reconciliation. So if there's a family member that you've had a falling out with that you'd like to reconnect with, this could be a good time for that. So the dates for that transit are, um, it's going to first ingress into Leo on June 5th, then it's going to station retrograde on July 20th, and that's the intensification of the transit. Then Venus will station direct on September 3rd, uh, which is the second period of, of intensification. And then finally, the transit will wrap up after that, and Venus will depart from Leo on October 8th. So the most intense period is definitely going to be when it's actually retrograde between July 22nd and September 3rd, but really the entire transit is just one elongated transit of uh, Venus going through the sign of Leo in your fourth house. And to the extent that it's just one long fourth house transit, uh, it really starts on June 5th, and it doesn't end until Venus leaves that sign on October 8th. All right, so that could be pretty positive transit. Um, moving on, the last thing I want to focus on, I've already touched on this a little bit, but I want to, uh, again, because the eclipses are the last thing that takes place at the beginning of the, the year, we have that first set. Um, early in the year, and we have a second set of eclipses that's taking place in October. So one of the things about this is over the past year, you've already been having eclipses taking place in your first and seventh houses, and that's lasted for pretty much the entirety of 2022, but there's going to be a continuation of that story or that narrative into 2023. And what usually happens when people have eclipses taking place in their first and seventh houses is they have major beginnings or major endings when it comes to their sense of self and their sense of relationships and the role that close personal one-on-one -on -one relationships play in their life. So sometimes this can indicate the beginning of new major relationships in a person's life, or in other instances, it can indicate the ending of major relationships in a person's life which sort of like opens you up for a new beginning or a new chapter of your life. Um, what I usually see is that people, when eclipses are happening in the first and seventh, kind of teeter-totter back and forth between putting more emphasis on relationships or more emphasis on 
themselves and what they need to do that makes them happy and and just um, helps to accentuate what they want out of life. And what happens is usually people keep jumping back and forth in six months six month increments. Sometimes putting more emphasis on relationships to the detriment of their self, and other times putting more emphasis on themselves to the detriment of their relationships. So this, for some of you, is a theme that's already been happening in 2022, but we're going to see the continuation and eventually the uh, completion of this theme and the sequence of events so that hopefully by the end of it, by the end of 2023, you will have found some balance between self versus others in your life, and you can kind of move on um, having made a new major beginning in that area, but also having moved forward or sort of progressed to some extent in, your, in terms of your overall life story or narrative, and in terms of finding balance between yourself and others in your life. All right, so I think that's actually the last major transit I wanted to touch on. So there's, of course, a number of other things. There's like Mercury retrogrades that are going to happen this year. There's other little minor transits. We've also got some mundane transits. But I think in terms of just covering some of the basic stuff of transits for you this year, that's kind of all that I wanted to cover for this year ahead horoscope. And this is your year ahead horoscope forecast for Gemini and Gemini rising for the entire year of 2023. All right, so the first transit that I want to talk about is the Mars retrograde that's actually happening in Gemini in your first house of mind, body, self, and appearance. And this Mars retrograde transit is one that really dominated the second half of 2022 once Mars moved into Gemini way back in August of 2022, but it really intensified around late October when Mars stationed retrograde in your first house. So um, Mars first house transits can be kind of tricky because the first house represents both the body and the mind, and Mars represents um, traditionally significations like anger, conflict, uh, strife, even war, since Mars was traditionally the planet of war. So since this is all coming into your first house, it can sometimes indicate a period in which you can be more irritable. Um, in which you can be more prone to starting arguments with people or becoming more aggressive or argumentative for a period of time. Um, one of the dangers of this transit is sometimes acting impulsively, which can lead to getting into accidents or injuries or other things like that, since the first house represents the body and physical vitality, and Mars can sometimes indicate um, injuries or, or different things like that. So I know I had one Gemini friend, for example, who right around the time of Mars stationing retrograde, they uh, got in a car accident and they totaled their car, which is a very Mars in the first house type of transit. Um, or another friend who, um, yeah, just had a, had a bit of an injury from doing something impulsively at that time. So one of the things you might want to continue to do since this transit really is going to continue into the early part of 2023 when Mars stations direct in Gemini around January 12th, and then Mars is not going to depart from your first house and from your rising sign until March, until late March. So the transit doesn't really end until that time period. So one of the things you want to do is just um, try to be a little bit more cautious, try not to, be do, try not to do anything impulsive that would put you in a dangerous situation. And if this is a transit that's agitating you more mentally, then just try to exercise greater restraint or sometimes remember that 
You might be in a period where you're more irritable or likely to start arguments at this time, so see if you can hold back a little bit. On the positive side, this transit can sometimes give people, especially with night charts, a lot more energy and a lot more ability to um, get work done and to be assertive and to put themselves forward and put their own needs forward in their life in different ways. So that can actually be quite constructive, especially if you're a person that's not usually used to putting yourself first or you're not usually used to acting in a way that's more assertive or more dominant in different ways. This can be a good time to sort of channel some of that Mars energy as long as you're not overdoing it. So that's one of the transits right at the very beginning of the year. Um, moving on to the other transit, another one that begins around March is the planet Saturn is actually going to move and end a three-year-long transit through the sign of Aquarius, which is your ninth house of religion and education uh, and travel. And Saturn's going to move into Pisces, which is your 10th house of career, reputation, social standing, and overall life direction. So this is going to begin a three-year transit that's going to last all the way until till 2026. So it's kind of a long transit. So Saturn transits can sometimes be a period of consolidation when it comes to the area of your chart that it's transiting through. For you, because it's your 10th house, it's primarily going to relate to your career and um, to your overall life direction. So you may go through a period in which you encounter a little bit more resistance than usual when it comes to some of the things that you're trying to do in terms of your career and overall life direction. And one of the things that you're going to have to decide is if some of the challenges that arise at this time, if they're meant to be the classic um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type things so that you're meant to uh, hit those surmountable difficulties and overcome them, and as a result of that, you come out of it stronger and with a greater sense of purpose and meaning in terms of your overall life direction and where you're headed with life. Or alternatively, there may be some scenarios where you just run into a blockage or a wall that says that you can't proceed further in this direction with your career or your life direction, and instead you may have to choose a different route or go in a different direction entirely. So for, for many of us, that can sometimes be very frustrating to run into like a stop sign like that where Saturn forces you to go in a different direction, but it's one of those things where whenever Saturn closes one door, it always ends up opening another. Um, and that may be frustrating at first, but later, many sometimes years later, you look back and realized if you hadn't run into that roadblock, then you wouldn't have gone this other direction, which ended up being very fruitful and very much tied in with uh, or, or closer to like your overall meaning and, and life purpose than the other direction was up till that point. So that transit's going to begin as soon as Saturn ingresses into Pisces in March. Um, and then it will be good to start getting a sense for paying attention to if you have any career things that start coming up at that point, because even if they look like small little developments at that time in the second quarter of 2023, they may turn into much larger things later on over the course of the next three years as Saturn transits through that sign. All right. Other things happening. Um, so Saturn's departing from your ninth house of religion and philosophy and foreign travel and education. Pluto, interestingly, is actually going to um, ingress into that same sign, into your ninth house of religion and philosophy and belief, 
and it's going to do so for just a few months, from March 23rd until June 11th. So this is important because this is going to be a preview of a much longer-term 20-year transit of Pluto going through this sector of your chart as it moves through Aquarius between now and the early 2040s, basically. So for many of you, the ninth house represents a person's beliefs, which can indicate like philosophical beliefs, it can indicate religious beliefs, and it can also indicate things like political beliefs. So for a lot of people, Pluto transits represent a major transformation. So many of you may see yourself going through some sort of fundamental transformation when it comes to the, the concept of belief and the role that it plays in your life during the course of this transit. So since this is going to be a very long-term 20-year transit, this is probably not going to be something that happens overnight. Um, but for many of you, as soon as Pluto starts hitting um, personal planets, especially to the degree during the course of this transit, you may see specific turning points where you go through a transformation where um, maybe you go into the transit sort of believing one thing or having one set of beliefs, but you come out of it on the other side having uh, come to a place that's much different and much more foreign to what you're used to up to that point. So that doesn't necessarily have to be either a negative thing or a positive thing. Usually Pluto transits just represent a major change that's sort of fundamental in terms of your overall life and direction, and that can oftentimes be just as positive as it is negative. All right, so that's going to be just a little preview of that transit before Pluto retrogrades back out into Capricorn for most of the year, but I just wanted to mention it because, again, you want to pay attention if any ninth house topics come up in your life at that point because they could end up becoming much more important in the long term since that's just a very, very bare like preview of what will be a 20-year-long transit. All right, so moving on, let's see, what do we got next? Moving into more positive stuff, Jupiter is going to be transiting through the sign of Aries for the first five months of the year, which is your 11th house of friends and groups and social movements. Um, this is also a sector of your chart where we're going to start seeing some eclipses taking place this year, um, starting in the spring, especially around April and May. We're going to get a solar eclipse in the sign of Aries, which is also your 11th house of friends and groups and social movements. So what that probably means is, is two things. One, that you're going to begin a period of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to friends and groups and social movements in your life during the course of this year, especially in the spring. And two, um, that some of these developments are actually going to be positive and are going to be opening up a period of growth and expansion in that area of your life as opposed to a period of contraction. So sometimes when eclipses take place, they can indicate endings, which can sometimes mean when it's happening in the 11th house that you have a period where some friendships kind of um, go through their natural life cycle and reach an ending point where for some reason certain friendships will end. Um, but for you, I think it's going to err much more on the positive side of probably beginning some new major friendships and starting, starting some contacts or making some contacts with people socially that are going to expand your horizons and ultimately be somewhat positive when it comes to helping to support your overall sort of life direction and career plans since the 11th house sometimes supports the 10th house as the place of hopes and wishes. 
So that's going to be especially the case for those of you with day charts, because then that Jupiter transit is going to be much more positive through your 11th house of friends and groups, and it should bring some positive Jupiterian-type characters into your life, either that have Jupiter very prominently placed in their chart, or that have Jupiter ruling their chart, for example, by having Sagittarius rising or Pisces rising or something like that. So um, major beginnings and major endings and growth and expansion when it comes to friends is the highlight of that transit for the first uh, five months, and that's going to take place um, all the way until mid-May. Then after that, Jupiter is going to ingress into Taurus for the second half of the year, and this is also a sector of your chart where you're going to start having some eclipses. So you've been having eclipses in the Taurus and Scorpio axis through most of 2022 already. So for many people, when they have eclipses taking place in the 6th and 12th house axis, the 6th and 12th house primarily relate to um, your physical health and your mental health. So sometimes this can be a period where you're putting greater emphasis or paying more attention to your physical or mental health than compared to other times in your life. So putting more emphasis on mental and physical health are major hallmarks of a 6th and health 12th house transit. So sometimes people um, like go to a gym and like start working on their physical health or they start trying to eat better. But basically, either there's an event that comes up that kind of forces them to, to do better in terms of their health, or sometimes they just start feeling like they want to focus on health more so that they can prevent potential issues that might come up in the future. Um, either scenario is fine. Sometimes it's best to do things proactively like that. Um, by doing it ahead of time rather than waiting for something to come up to kind of like force the issue. Um, but either way, this is going to be probably a continuation of some themes from last year where because we've already had eclipses in your 6th and 12th house, it shouldn't be new or it shouldn't be a surprise necessarily, but it should be something you already know about and that you know you already have to deal with. The positive thing that's going to be different this year is that once Jupiter goes into Taurus, it's going to stay there for the entire six months uh, of the second half of the year. And Jupiter should help you to um, bring some optimism and bring some success to that area of your life. So that if you were struggling with some either physical or mental health issues in 2022, Jupiter ingressing into your 12th house should bring a period where you're able to be more successful in either finding help with that from an outside source and getting sort of like consultations with that. Or sometimes when you have positive transits like Jupiter transits in the 12th house, it can be more of a time of looking inwards and finding more success through um, periods of solitude and contemplation and research and sort of like internal soul searching. Uh, Jupiter transits in the 12th can be very helpful and very useful for that especially if it's not something that you're used to, it can kind of broaden your horizons at this time. And since Jupiter is going to get pretty close to a conjunction by degree with Uranus, um, this may bring up some unexpected breakthroughs in terms of that and in terms of reflecting on and dealing with things from the past um, that perhaps you haven't dealt with up to this point since the 12th house um, is very backwards looking sometimes and very reflective or internal. All right, so those are your Jupiter transits for the year in terms of growth and expansion. Um, another major benefic transit that's taking place this year 
is we're going to have a Venus retrograde that's going to take place over the summer. So this is a Venus retrograde in the sign of Leo, and it's going to start on June 5th, as soon as Venus moves into the sign of Leo, because this is essentially going to be a very long-term few-month Venus transit through the third house in your chart, which is the house that has to do with um, siblings, if you have any, sometimes other extended family or relatives. It can also pertain to friends, short-distance travel, education, school, and especially communication as a major theme. Oh yeah, the third house is also neighbors, which is a major theme that sometimes comes up. So this transit is going to start, as I said, in June. It's going to intensify, or it's going to get much more intense on July 22nd when Venus stations retrograde. Then it's going to be intense for that entire period until it stations direct on September 3rd, and then eventually the entire transit will end on October 8th when Venus finally departs from the sign of Leo and completes its entire movement through that sign. So Venus retrogrades can oftentimes have this um, sense of reflecting on things, on reflecting on old relationships. Um, Venus retrogrades can also bring back people from our past. So for example, if Venus is going retrograde in your third house, if there's relationships from the past that were severed or became frayed or distant, it may cause you to go back and relook at some of those relationships and decide if you'd like to reconnect with those people and maybe smooth over some of the rough edges. So in the third house, this can be people like your siblings, if you've had difficulties with siblings in the past, or there's something that you need to work through. It can also be other types of extended relatives like aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, even in some instances, grandparents. Finally, other relationships that are third house can be neighbors. So there can be, even though that seems like kind of like a mundane or random signification, the third house really does commonly come up when it has to do with people that live in your immediate vicinity, since the third house is the house that comes right before the fourth house. So it's sort of just outside of the fourth house, which is your home and living situation. And what is just outside of your home and living situation, which is just the people that live around you in your immediate vicinity. So sometimes um, having a period of making new friends or new neighbors in your neighborhood or reconnecting with old ones that were important to you in the past. Venus retrogrades can sometimes um, connect things in eight year increments because Venus went retrograde in the same sign of Leo exactly eight years ago in the summer of 2015. So it may be that there's some sort of connection between events that happen in this summer with events that happened eight years ago, or in other instances, even eight years before that, or eight years before that, because Venus will just keep going retrograde in the same spot in the zodiac, in the same sector of your chart, the third house, every eight years. Um, other possibilities when it comes to the third house, and it comes to this um, transit for you, is um, communication, like rethinking communication, improving communication, and finding a way to communicate more effectively and in a way that um, conveys your ideas in a way that's more aesthetically appealing or more just positive overall. So if you've been wanting to work on your communication or improve it in some significant way, um, if you've been wanting to write or 
uh, sort of write a book or, or anything like that that would involve communication, those Venus stations could be very important turning points where you sign, where you kind of find your voice or, or somehow reach a new level of communication where you've pushed forward through something that's held you back in the past. So all those can be very good. Um, the last thing is just that the third house represents short distance travel. So for some of you, this could be some sort of improvement in terms of your ability to get around. Um, that could be like getting a new car or having some sort of, sort of improved transit system that just helps you to get around your local area more easily. Um, so keep an eye out for that as a little, again, again, sort of mundane signification, but sometimes those little things can be really positive defining notes during the course of, of a given year. All right, let me see what else I meant to mention. Other than that, the only thing else I wanted to mention was just the eclipses. We've talked about the 11th house eclipse and the 6th and 12th house eclipses. The only other eclipse we haven't talked about then for Gemini rising is the Libra eclipse that's going to take place in October because that's going to be in your fifth house. And the fifth house is the house of um, children, games, uh, fun, and leisurely activities. There. All right. So solar eclipse in Libra in your fifth house. This is tied in with the eclipses that are happening in your 11th house, which is like growing your social sphere, probably making some new friendships. And fifth house eclipses can be about um, learning how to have fun and learning how to um, just go out and have a good time and the important role that fun and games play in your life as a recharging factor that can help you to um, enjoy life and live it to the fullest. So in this time period with eclipses starting to pl take place in your fifth house, you may find that you start developing new hobbies or new side activities. Um, so you could explore different types of games or different types of things that you could do as leisurely activities in order to have fun and in order to import an element of fun into your life that maybe hadn't existed up to this point, or at least to do it in a different way. Maybe there's um, a group that you can join that has a similar activity that you enjoy, and that becomes eventually some major part of your life. So there's some people eventually when they start having eclipses in these houses, they find out that they're actually good at a certain hobby and it starts playing a more important or a more dominant role in their life, such as, for example, famous chess players who start playing chess and then eventually become world champions or um, famous golf players, for example, that start having eclipses taking place in their fifth house indicating a major beginning in that area of their life, and they start playing golf, and then eventually they become a world champion at playing what is otherwise a game or like a leisurely activity for most people. But for them, um, it starts playing a much more dominant role in their life because it becomes part of their life work. So um, pay attention to that. The fifth house is also the place of children. So this can indicate major beginnings and major endings in your life when it comes to the topic of children. So for some people, this could indicate like having a child because having an eclipse there and a great beginning when it comes to children obviously can be the start of the process of having children or having a child that becomes significant in your life. In other instances, it's just the broader topic of children that become important in a person's life. Like, for example, um, I've seen people with heavy fifth house placements that had 
um, that became like a famous ch- children's book author just because they had so many fifth house placements. So it may be something about the broader theme of children in your life that becomes important. In other instances, for those that already have children, it may just become um, going into a new stage or opening up a new chapter in your life with respect to your relationship with your children, where there's some sort of turning point or some sort of defining event that takes place for them that's very crucial. So sometimes, for example, when eclipses indicate endings in that area, it could be like a child graduating from high school and going off to college and moving away from home or something like that, which represents in some ways like an an ending of that chapter of your relationship with them after 18 years or what have you. So just keep in mind those keywords of great beginnings and great endings when it comes to that topic, and that should shed a lot of light on some of that that's coming up towards the later part of next year. And we'll see a continuation of that actually into 2024 because that's just the very beginning of that story because that eclipse series is actually going to take place uh, or is going to continue in the signs of Libra and Aries going into the following year. All right. So just looking at my notes, I think those are all of the major things that I wanted to cover for this horoscope for 2023 for Gemini Rising. So it looks like it should be a pretty good year. Uh, you should be pretty excited. There's a lot of other transits going on, like Mercury retrogrades and different things like that that will be relevant to some of you in different ways. Um, but other than that, I think that's it for this horoscope. So uh, thanks and good luck next year. And this is your year ahead horoscope forecast for the zodiac sign of Cancer for the entire year ahead of 2023. My horoscopes are primarily designed for looking at them from the perspective of your rising sign or your ascendant. Although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you're born during the day and your sun is in Cancer, or your moon sign, especially if you're born at night and your moon is in the sign of Cancer, but primarily focus on your rising sign. So these are some of the major transits that we're going to focus on this year that I think are the most important ones for 2023 and some of the dates that go along with them. All right, so let's start with the first transit, which is Mars is in the process of finishing up its retrograde through the sign of Gemini, which is your 12th house. So this is a transit that actually started way back last year in August of 2022 when Mars first went into Gemini, but it really got intense um, around late October when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde in the sign of Gemini on October 30th and then began moving backwards. And what's going to happen is Mars is eventually going to station direct and start moving forward again, and there'll be another important turning point on January 12th, but then the entire period won't be over until Mars uh, departs from Gemini and your 12th house uh, sometime later in March. So this is kind of an important transit. It's also kind of a tricky one. Um, The 12th house is the house that has to do traditionally with things like enemies or people that you don't get along with. And sometimes Mars itself can be kind of a contentious planet to begin with, and it can indicate um, discord or fighting or conflict. So for some of you with Mars going retrograde in your 12th house, this may be a a period in which you're getting into conflict with people that you don't get along with very well um, more often or more intensely. So that some some previous conflicts sort of came up and you may have had to return to them because retrogrades often have a backwards-looking sort of direction where uh, people from our past come back 
or sometimes past conflicts um, re-arise and we have to sort of confront them head on and, and more directly. So it could have to do with um, conflicts. Sometimes there can be issues with the 12th house when it comes to um, self-undoing. So you want to be a little bit careful um, not to do anything that would be impulsive that might get you into trouble during this time or creating a sort of like accident or a problem for yourself as a result of doing something impulsively or overly aggressively where you're just not thinking ahead of time or not thinking things through. Those are all major possibilities in terms of 12th house transits. Whatever this transit is about, though, um, this is probably the continuation and the completion of a story that you're already aware of, since we're already more than halfway through this Mars transit through your 12th house. So by the time we get into early 2023, it's really just wrapping up some of the threads and some of the conflicts that may have come up as a result of this transit. All right, so that's one of the transits right at the start of the year. The next one that I wanted to talk about is that the planet Saturn is going to depart from Aquarius and it's going to move out of your eighth house where it's been transiting for the past few years and it's going to move into the sign of Pisces in March, with it, which is your ninth house of belief and education, philosophy, uh, travel. Um, and just exposure to foreign things and foreign places. So Saturn going into your ninth house can sometimes represent um, obstacles or setbacks that arise when it comes to education and broadening your horizons. But especially for those of you with day charts, some of these setbacks will just be temporary and it'll be one of those things where if you put the work into it and you try to overcome the obstacle, then you'll come out stronger as a result. For others, though, um, with Saturn transiting through your ninth house, you may encounter some sort of blockage or some sort of obstacle where you can't proceed further with some sort of educational path, or in other instances, some sort of um, belief system that you've been holding very closely for a long time in your life. You might run into some sort of wall or some sort of blockage where all of a sudden it's not working out as well as it was previously. And you may go through a period of soul searching, of trying to um, restructure and sort of question some of your ideals. But eventually, hopefully, after you go that, through that period of soul searching, you'll be able to rebuild a stronger structure when it comes to beliefs in your life. So these can be religious beliefs, these can be political beliefs. Um, the ninth house is pretty broad in terms of the things that we believe in, even sometimes our moral beliefs about the world can sometimes be questioned or we can run into obstacles surrounding that during the Saturn transits in the ninth house. But ultimately, whenever Saturn closes one door, it typically tends to open another one. So most of these obstacles should be constructive in the long term, even if they're experienced as kind of annoying in the short term. So that transit's actually going to last for three years. So this first ingress of Saturn into your ninth house in March of 2023 is actually kind of a big deal because it's something that's going to become more or less intense and more prominent in your life uh, between now and 2026 when the transit finally ends and Saturn goes into your 10th house. In some way, in, in a broader span of time, this whole transit of Saturn through Pisces over the next three years is preparatory and is going to be preparing you or giving you some sort of training or education 
for some major career changes that are going to take place about three years from now once Saturn moves into your 10th house, which is Aries. Um, and we'll come back to that theme of the 10th house here in just a minute because you have some other very important activations there uh, this year as well. All right, so let's go back and look at our other transits. Um, so Saturn is departing from Aquarius where it's been for three years, which is your eighth house, which has to do with shared resources, other people's money, sometimes inheritance, sometimes the assets of others, and also sometimes issues surrounding um, mortality can come up with eighth house transits. So that's been a major issue for you, or, or some of those topics have been significant for you, and there have been some setbacks or some consolidation in that area over the past three years since about March of 2020 when Saturn first went in there. So on the one hand, we'll have a bit of an alleviation of some of those constrictions as Saturn departs from Aquarius in early 2023, especially in the, the second quarter of 2023. But then at the same time, we're going to have Pluto dipping into Aquarius here uh, for just a few months, starting in March 23rd of 2023 and lasting all the way until June 11th. Now, this is kind of important because this is going to be just a little bit of a preview of a longer-term transit that's going to be taking place where Pluto is going to be transiting through your eighth house of other people's resources over the course of the next 20 years. And this initial few-month period is just a, a little bit of a preview before Pluto retrogrades back into Capricorn and goes back into your seventh house of relationships where it's been for the past decade or so. So when Pluto goes into your eighth house, eighth house often has to do with shared resources and the general topic of other people's money in your life, which can sometimes indicate like the financial resources of a partner. It can indicate uh, business relationships, or in other instances, it can indicate issues related to taxes and debt. So Pluto transits can often bring up issues of control uh, manipulation, and sometimes power plays. So it'll be very important for you to pay attention to um, the topic of money and the topic of shared resources or money that other people are involved with in your life when Pluto goes into that sign here in the second quarter of 2023, because that may give you a, a sort of idea of some broader themes that are going to come up over the next 20 years that will be more or less intense at different times as Pluto um, exactly transits certain planets in your chart, especially if you have planets in fixed signs. So just pay attention to issues of like um, manipulation or control or power when they come to financial dealings, especially through close one-on-one -on -one relationships or business partnerships or even romantic relationships that may arise at that time because they may become uh, much more long-term issues, even if they seem relatively minor at first. So that can be good, that can be bad. It doesn't have to be necessarily either way, but uh, just pay attention to it. All right, so moving on to some more positive transits. One of the main ones you have in the first half of the year for the first five months is the planet Jupiter, the planet of growth and expansion, is going to move into later here in December of 2022, at the very end of this year, your 10th house of career and reputation and overall life direction. So Jupiter's going into your 10th house, and you're also going to start experiencing eclipses in your 10th house of career starting on April 20th, when there's going to be a solar eclipse in the sign of Aries in your 10th house of career. So this is very important and very good because it probably indicates 
um, two things. One, a period of growth and expansion when it comes to your career and overall life direction with Jupiter transiting through the 10th, especially for those of you with day charts. And two, because there's eclipses taking place there, you're going to go through a period that'll last for about a year and a half of what I call major beginnings and major endings when it comes to your career and overall life direction. So for many of you, this sort of conveys the idea of setting out on a new path or opening up the beginning of a new chapter in your life when it comes to your career at this time. Um, and I think the initial phases of that should actually be relatively positive with Jupiter transiting through that sector of your chart and bringing some of the, that energy of sort of growth and expansion at the same time that those eclipses are taking place in your 10th house. So that being said, sometimes eclipses can um, be a little bit tumultuous or they can indicate a lot of major changes. And sometimes in order to grow and expand in one direction, you have to end a chapter and sort of close a period of growth that you'd, you'd been working on up to that point um, in, in a different direction. So every new beginning, of course, can sometimes indicate the ending of something that came before. So with some of these eclipses, you may find yourself having to um, sort of stop working for certain jobs or ending certain career paths in order to make way for new ones. All right, so that's a pretty good transit that lasts through mid-May with Jupiter going through your 10th house, and then the eclipses will start up and will bounce back and forth between your 10th and 4th, and we'll go into that more in just a second. The other major transit that you have this year of Jupiter that's actually pretty positive and pretty optimistic is that in mid-May, Jupiter is going to move from your 10th house of career into your 11th house of friends and groups and social movements. So the 11th house and having Jupiter there specifically will probably indicate a, a period of expansion when it comes to friends. So typically this means either you start becoming more social or you'll start making new friends during this period, essentially in the second half of 2023. So part of this is going to be a continuation of a previous story because you've been over the past year having eclipses in your 11th house, which usually means, again, my keywords for eclipses are major endings and major beginnings when it comes to, in this instance, friendships. So you may have lost some friends or found certain friendships um, sort of winding down or coming to an end or ceasing to be useful in your life or ceasing to be fulfilling. So in some, some instances, certain friendships, the, the sort of life cycle of that friendship may have come to an end. But in other instances, you may be meeting some people and starting some new connections and new friendships now that will end up staying in your life and becoming much more important for many years to come. So I think that process of the more positive end of things is going to accelerate in the second half of 2023 when Jupiter goes through your, your 11th house and kind of joins that eclipse series, um, especially towards the end of the year where we have one final lunar eclipse that's going to take place in your 11th house of friends on October 28th. And that should represent some sort of final culmination of events when it comes to this series of uh, this sequence of events of just things related to friendship in your life over the course of the past year and a half now. All right, so that's pretty good. Growth and expansion with friendships. 
kind of complementing an 11th house Uranus transit that's been happening for a number of years now. So Jupiter joining up with Uranus in your 11th house, there could be some unexpected surprises or some ways in which friendship brings innovation and change in your life that you didn't anticipate or that makes your life and the types of friendships that you're having much different than before. But since it's a Jupiter transit, it'll probably be in a very positive or helpful or supportive way rather than just being disruptive for the sake of it. All right, so those are the Jupiter transits. Another very positive, benefic transit that you're having later this year is that Venus is actually going to go retrograde in the sign of Leo, which is your second house of money, possessions, and finances. So this is going to be a pretty positive transit, especially for those of you with night charts, which would be a pretty good um, transit for money and possessions and resources in general. So the retrograde period, this full transit is kind of like an extended transit of Venus in the sign of Leo, and Venus is first going to ingress into Leo on June 5th. So for me, that's really when this entire transit begins, as soon as Venus moves into that sign where it's going to stay for several months. But then it's going to grow really intense when Venus stations retrograde on July 22nd, and then it'll be intense all the way through the Venus retrograde for about 40 days and 40 nights until Venus stations direct on September 3rd. After that, we'll be in the post-retrograde sort of cleanup phase uh, of Venus hightailing it out of your second house over the course of the next month or so until October 3rd when Venus departs from Leo and the transit is over. So um, Venus retrograde can sometimes bring up old events or bring people back into your life who were important previously sometimes in eight-year increments, since Venus would have gone retrograde in the same sign exactly eight years ago. But other times it can just be generic people or circumstances from your past that you need to go back and revisit. Um, for some of you, it may involve reconciling with somebody from the past because Venus likes to unify and bring things together. And for you, it's unifying and bringing something together specifically for a financial purpose or in a way that should be beneficial for you financially, whether the initial motivation was financial or not. It may have been just like reconnecting with an old friend who gives you a tip that ends up being positive or working out well for you financially. Um, but keep an eye out, especially for those of you with night charts, for um, possible financial opportunities just because having a Venus transit in the second house that's going to last for several months. Usually Venus transits are very quick. It just comes and goes through a sign within the span of a month. But for Venus to slow down and stay in that spot in your chart and kind of hover there for several months should present a number of opportunities, um, which if you, you sort of jump on them and take advantage of them could be very beneficial. So that's one of the main positive transits this month, um, especially, as I said, for those of you with, with night charts although it may still be somewhat positive for those of you with day charts as well. All right, and then the last thing I want to move on to talking about is the eclipses, um, because we've talked about a couple of them so far, but the eclipse series is also activating a couple of houses that we haven't talked about, which is your fifth and fourth houses.
So basically, um, over the past year, the Eclipse series has been taking place in your 11th house of friends and groups, and your 5th house of um, children, leisurely activities, and romance. So this may have indicated a period of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to children, friends, uh, fun and games, and potentially romantic activities, with the Scorpio eclipses taking place in your fifth. So there's going to be a continuation of some of those themes that have already started of major beginnings and major endings in that area during the course of 2023, as we see the last of that eclipse series in Taurus and Scorpio happening first in May, and then again finally in October with the, the very final eclipse um, taking place then. So whenever fifth house activities or eclipses start happening, it can indicate major beginnings and endings when it comes to children. So for some of you, this may be starting a new period of your life when it, when it comes to the topic of children, like having children. Um, for other people, it can be ending a major chapter in your life when it comes to children if you already have them, like if they like graduate and go on to college or something like that, that would be an example of like a major ending when it comes to children. But generally speaking, just major uh, turning points and beginnings and endings when it comes to that sphere of your life. The other sphere of your life that's important this year when it comes to the eclipses is your fourth house, which represents your home and living situation and your family, and in particular your parents. So having an eclipse there indicates uh, major beginnings and some major endings. For some people, this can indicate moving or relocating or some sort of major ending and new beginning when it comes to your living situation. So there may be important changes taking place at home. Sometimes this can be a little bit disruptive or tumultuous so that you feel like everything is in the air and your living situation is a little bit, it feels a little bit unsettled for a period of time. That's kind of natural, especially around the time of um, October when we have that eclipse falling in Libra in your fourth house. In other instances, there may be some major developments or major changes, uh, beginnings and endings when it comes to the lives of your parents or potentially your relationship with your parents and your family. Um, so you may find yourself coming to the end of a certain phase in terms of your relationship with them or needing to open up some new phase in your relationship in some significant way with them. Um, sometimes this is a result of major changes taking place in their life that don't necessarily have anything to do with you, but in other instances it can have to do or it can characterize the way that the two of you interact um, and needing to reach a sort of turning point. And that turning point doesn't necessarily have to be bad and it doesn't necessarily have to be good. It just means that there's going to be a major change or a major shift in that area one way or another. So keep an eye out for, for that. Um, all right. So looking at my list, it looks like that was actually the last major thing when it comes to your transits, or the, at least the major transits that I wanted to talk about for the year of 2023. So good luck and I'll see you again next year. For Leo and Leo Rising, let's go ahead and jump right into it. For you, I'm going to start by talking about the Mars retrograde, which um, is kind of finishing up in the first few months of 2023. So the Mars retrograde has been taking place um, ever since Mars moved into the sign of Gemini way back in August. And for you with Leo Rising, Gemini is your 11th house of friends, groups, 
and alliances and social movements. So Mars can be kind of a contentious energy, especially when it slows down and goes retrograde in a certain spot in our chart. For you, having this transit in the 11th house of friends could indicate a period of tumultuousness or tension, or potentially even conflict when it comes to friends and groups. So the most intense part of this transit has already been taking place over the course of the past few months. Um, again, I said starting in August when Mars first went into that sector of your chart, but it really intensified in late October when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde around October 30th. And then eventually Mars is going to station direct, which is the next really important turning point on January 12th, 2023. And then there should start to be some resolution or rectification of any of the issues that arose earlier in the retrograde transit. So eventually this transit will end um, by March 25th when Mars departs from Gemini and moves into the sign of Cancer. So it's good though still to keep an eye out for this transit just because Mars going through your 10th house can indicate a period in which either you might be more irritable and prone towards getting into arguments or conflicts or even having a separation or a falling out with a friend or where conversely you could run into some sort of disagreement uh, or irritability coming from your friends themselves. So sometimes um, it's good then to not give in to those sorts of conflicts right away or not to start um, even like a petty conflict that you think might be a minor thing at first, but then it blows up into a much more long, long-term conflict between the two of you. So if you're looking to avoid something like that, you might want to continue for the first three months of 2023 to sort of hold back sometimes. Although in other instances, there can be times when sometimes we just have things that we need to hash out with our friends and you can't really avoid those types of conflicts, but instead you have to sort of meet them head on and address any issues that have arisen, either in terms of present conflicts or in terms of things that have come up from the past. Uh, retrogrades have oftentimes this backwards looking component where sometimes you have to go back and revisit old conflicts, dredge them back up, but then sometimes in the process of doing that, you can find new ways to resolve those conflicts that perhaps had eluded you earlier. So that's one of the themes, I think, for the first three months of 2023 for you, although um, it's going to be very much wrapping up and bringing to completion some themes rather than opening up uh, new conflicts. So I wouldn't worry too much that this is going to be something that catches you completely by surprise or something like that. All right, so that's one of the first transits of the year is that Mars retrograde finishing up. The other major transit that's coming up uh, in March, actually, that also switches over in March, is that Saturn departs from Aquarius, where it's been transiting through your seventh house of relationships for the past three years. Um, indicating in some instances a period of consolidation when it comes to relationships. And Saturn is going to move into Pisces, which is your eighth house of shared resources. So you're basically moving from a three-year-long um, transit where there's been a heaviness uh, or a seriousness when it comes to your relationships with Saturn moving through your seventh house and in which you may have had some instances where some relationships were tested, and some of those relationships may have stood up and survived those tests, 
whereas other relationships, if they weren't built on a very solid foundation, may not have survived those tests. Um, but at this point, since we're getting towards the very end of that transit, most of that story should already be told and is just in the process of being wrapped up here in the first few months of 2023. And you can kind of look back and see how far you've come. With the Saturn transit moving into your eighth house, that can bring up some obstacles or challenges sometimes when it comes to financial matters, especially involving other people in your life, where it's not just your personal finances, but instead it's um, financial resources that somehow involve other people or are dependent on other people. So this could be a period when, for example, um, if you have a partner, if you're in a long-term relationship, your partner may run into some issues where money is tighter than it was previously. Um, maybe there's some shortfalls on their end or they're struggling for some reason uh, financially. In other instances, it can be a period of consolidating debt, uh, since the eighth house can relate to debt, taxes, inheritance, and other topics like that. So especially for some of the you with day charts, this can just be a period of trying to be better about your money, better about how you spend or invest or borrow money or different topics like that. Especially with day charts, I think even if there's a initial sort of challenge that comes up, it'll end up being more of a surmountable difficulty where once you've addressed that issue, um, you'll end up coming out of this transit much stronger as a result of it. So it is going to be just the very beginning, though, of a three-year long transit of Saturn through this sector of your chart um, of the eighth house. So pay attention to any changes that begin in March, just because they may end up having much more long-term import than you may think at first. All right, so that's the Saturn transit, which is just beginning there uh, in March. Other transits that I want to focus on after that Around the same time in March, interestingly, we get Pluto making its first entrance into Aquarius on March 23rd. So this is going into your seventh house of relationships, and um, it's interesting that just as Saturn is leaving Aquarius and leaving your seventh house and that period of consolidation and, and um, in some instances like restriction on relationships is freeing up. We get this other planet, Pluto, that dips in there for a few months between March and uh, June and gives you a preview of a much more long-term 20-year transit that's about to begin because Pluto's going to be making its way through Aquarius and through your seventh house of relationships between now and the early 2040s. But it just dips in for just a few months this year, giving a little preview of that. So... One of the main things about this transit is just it's going to indicate a period in which your relationships get more intense and deeper uh, for some reason. So it's probably connected with the sequence of events that just occurred with Saturn going through Aquarius and kind of clearing out some old baggage where it comes to relationships. And now you're moving into a period of your life where you're probably ready to start some more serious relationships or to deepen some existing relationships that already are in your life at the present time. Um, so because this is such a long-term transit, it's not necessarily going to indicate any specific singular event until Pluto starts exactly aspecting planets in your chart, um, especially if you have planets early in fixed signs or even in the middle of the fixed signs. But it will be good to start paying attention to if you notice a sort of qualitative change in your relationships around March through June because that may be a preview of some larger things to come. 
Um, so Pluto transits can sometimes take us through, uh, especially when they're connected with relationships, um, relationships that are very deep and very intense, and in which uh, the connection between two people can be come um, just a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say obsessive, but but sometimes uh, relationships where uh, themes of obsession can become more prominent. And sometimes that can be good if it's like a mutual two-way thing. And other times you might need to be a little bit careful because if it's not reciprocal on both ends, you can find yourself in lopsided relationships where one party is a little bit more focused on the relationship than the other. So that and finding balance in relationships and um, not giving in to themes having to do with control or manipulation in relationships will probably be part of that transit, especially for any of you with with early with planets early in the fixed signs, just because those tend to be major keywords that Pluto always brings up. All right, so moving on, moving into some more positive things this year, we've got some really good Jupiter transits that are about to start hitting really crucial sectors of your chart. First, starting with Jupiter's ingress to Aries, um, just before the year begins, where Jupiter in December is moving into the sign of Aries into your ninth house of religion, philosophy, education, belief, and foreign travel. So this can be a good transit for learning new things and expanding your horizons, having Jupiter moving into your ninth house, and just a period of growth and expansion that will prepare you for some later career transits that are going to come up in the second half of the year when Jupiter goes into Taurus and moves into your 10th house of career. So um, this can be a good time to uh, start learning something new, to take a class or a course. Some people start learning a foreign language during this time. Basically, the ninth house just represents anything that's foreign from what you are used to at this point in your life. So that can mean something foreign culturally, it can also just mean something that expands your educational horizons in some way that you can later um, that can later be incorporated in some way into your work and into your overall life direction once we get to the tenth house, because the ninth house is always preparatory for what happens eventually in the tenth. So if you uh, have thought about starting a new course of study or exploring something new, this would be a good time to do it. Especially since you're going to start having eclipses in the ninth house as well, which represent major beginnings and major endings in that area of your life. And I'll, I'll circle back to that later when we talk about the eclipses towards the end of this. So that transit's going to last for the first five months of the year when the Ju Jupiter kind of zooms through the sign of Aries. And then in the middle of May, Jupiter's going to depart from Aries and move into the sign of Taurus which is your 10th house of career and overall life direction. It's also the house that has to do with things like reputation and sometimes also uh, superiors or people that are in a superior position over you. So this is one of the most positive transits, and I think it's actually tied in with a series of eclipses that have already been taking place in your 10th house over the course of the past year for most of 2022. And we're going to see a continuation of that theme this year when we get another eclipse in Taurus in October of 2022 or October of 2023. So, as I said earlier, my keyword for eclipses is always major beginnings and major endings. 
In this instance, it should be major beginnings and endings when it comes to your career and your overall life direction. So some people um, leave certain jobs or like wrap up a certain chapter of their life with respect to their career during this time so that there can be an ending. But then uh, on the flip side of the coin, they often will then start a new job or start heading in a new direction with their career that represents a fresh break from the past. So for some of you, this should have already happened or you should have already um, had an inkling of some of this new direction over the course of the past year in 2022 as those eclipses have been falling uh, in Taurus for several months now. Um, sometimes eclipses can feel a little bit tumultuous and there can be a feeling of chaos or things being up in the air. And that's especially so, I think, in some of these recent eclipses, like the one in November that just took place in Taurus because it was conjunct Uranus in your 10th house, which has been transiting there for a few years, but having an eclipse activate Uranus in your 10th house can be a little bit more disruptive and push you to have more of a break with the past than you might have otherwise, so that you might be itching to um, sort of free yourself from the constraints of any current career or job activities that you already have and move in a fresh and kind of innovative direction. So when Jupiter goes into Taurus, I think some of these efforts are going to yield more success and are going to start to flow much more easily um, with much less resistance because Jupiter usually confirms and stabilizes and affirms things. So I think part of what it's affirming is some of the new directions that you're starting to head in your life in terms of your career and life direction. You're going to start to experience uh, greater success and kind of luck with some of the actions that you're taking in this area in the second half of 2023 as Jupiter transits through that sign. So for me, I think that's actually probably one of the most positive transits that uh, Leo and Leo Rising is having this year is Jupiter going through the 10th house especially for those of you with day charts, because Jupiter tends to be more benefic for those of you born during the day. So those are some of the positive transits. Speaking of benefic transits, though, the other really positive one that's coming up this year that's especially good for you, especially for those of you with night charts, is the Venus retrograde in the sign of Leo, which is going to take place this summer. So this transit um, begins because it's basically just an elongated transit of Venus through the sign of Leo as soon as Venus ingresses into Leo on June 5th. And then it's going to be become intensified when Venus stations retrograde on July 22nd. And then you will have a period of 40 days and 40 nights where Venus is moving backwards through the signs of the zodiac until it eventually stations direct on September 3rd. Then we'll be in the sort of wrapping up phase as Venus is in the post retrograde shadow for a while, uh, about a month, and then it eventually departs from Leo and the transit is over on October 8th. So, for those of you with Leo rising, this is going to be a Venus retrograde in your first house of self, body, character, and appearance. So, for some people, this will just bring themes of Venus to the forefront in your life because it's your rising sign. So you'll have themes of relationships and love and partnership coming into greater focus and just becoming the center point of your life, especially during that 40-day that and 40-night period over the summer when Venus is retrograde. 
So retrogrades always have a backwards looking uh, motion of sort of looking to the past because Venus is literally retracing her steps. And sometimes you may find uh, past relationships coming back into your life for some reason or finding yourself reminiscing on past relationships and sometimes wanting to reconcile with people from your past that maybe you had a falling out with previously. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get back together with an ex per se, even if that is a, a classic Venus retrograde type scenario, but sometimes it can just be making up with people that you had a falling out with in the past or coming to terms with a falling out that occurred in the past so that you feel better about it moving forward than you did up to that point, especially if there's still any lingering sort of feelings about it. Um, other classic first house Venus retrograde things, since the first house is the house of personal appearance, can be changing one's or uh, changing one's personal appearance or going back and getting sort of a makeover and rethinking how you present yourself to the world is a pretty classic Venus retrograde in the first house type transit. So um, if you've been thinking of making any major changes when it comes to your appearance, hairstyle, whatever, um, this can be a good time to do that. Uh, sometimes Venus retrogrades, you can run into a little bit of like trickiness in that the initial phase of it, you can run into some problems, but usually by the end of the transit, um, you will have come out of it more in a sort of improved position than when you started. So um, while some people would advise not doing any sort of makeovers or something like that during a retrograde transit, I don't think you necessarily have to avoid it. Um, you just have to understand it's going to be kind of a long-term process that lasts for 40 days and 40 nights before you really settle into that. And I think especially for those of you with day charts, that this can be a very positive and useful transit when it comes to that. For others, um, it can just be a positive transit when it comes to either your physical health and being able to rectify and remedy any physical issues you've had at this point, or starting new uh, diet and exercise regimes in order to improve your physical body uh, in general. Or alternatively, the first can also be about your character and your mind. So if you want to go inward and focus on changing something about your personality or the way that you express yourself to the world, this would be a great time to, to do that and to sort of manifest some of those things. So that's the other really, really positive transit besides the Jupiter transits that are happening this year. And it seems to represent an improvement over the previous year where we ha you've had so many heavy Saturn transits, especially in the seventh house. I think having this year follow up with two very prominent benefic transits in your first and tenth houses should even things out. All right, so the last thing I wanted to talk about is the eclipses that are going to take place in 2023, which I've touched on a little bit briefly, but I want to go into that more because part of what's happening is we're seeing a shift of the eclipses from your 10th house and 4th house axis last year. So 10th house and 4th house axis, which is your career and your public life versus your home and your living situation and your private life. So over the past year, you've probably had some major beginnings and major endings in these two areas of your life. Um, so for the 10th house, I've already talked about career things changing and major beginnings and major endings. With the eclipses happening in Scorpio, though, 
and especially this last one that's going to take place in May of 2023, there may have been some major beginnings and major endings when it comes to your home, your living situation, and your, your family, or specifically your parents and your relationship with them. So a lot of this is a story that you've probably already experienced that had its origins in 2022, but you'll see the continuation and the completion of this story in the first half of 2023 once you get that final eclipse in the sign of Scorpio. So for some people, a major beginning or major ending at home could be moving or relocating when it comes to their home or their living situation or having some major new changes at home that kind of can be a little bit chaotic and put things up in the air for a while, but then ultimately signal a fresh new chapter or a fresh new beginning at that point in their life in terms of their living situation. In other instances, uh, fourth house transits or fourth house eclipses can indicate major changes in the lives of your parents um, so or sometimes your relationships with your parents. So for some people, this could represent a new beginning in terms of that relationship or something major happening in their life that's kind of apart from you, but is still being represented in your chart in some way. So pay attention to, to that, that area, and that last eclipse should be happening in May. And then um, the last career eclipse in Taurus will happen in October. So that's one set of eclipses, but the eclipses are moving from that axis of the fourth and the tenth house, and they're starting to move into your third house and ninth house axis with the Libra and Aries eclipses. So one of those eclipses, as I already said, is the, the Aries eclipse, which is going to take place in April, and that's falling in your ninth house of um, beliefs, education, philosophy, and other things like that. You may uh, see yourself going through some sorts of transformations or some new beginnings when it comes to your beliefs whether those are, are political beliefs or religious beliefs or just educational beliefs about the world in general, um, I think that'll be a largely positive change with the, the Jupiter transit that's taking place there simultaneously in the ninth house in the first half of the year. But then you've also got some eclipses taking place later in the year in Libra in October in your third house of communication. So the third house is primarily about communication, but it also signifies siblings, short-distance travel, and education to some extent as well. But primarily, if the ninth house is about learning and expanding your horizons, the third house is about how you communicate what you've learned and how you talk to other people. So there should be some major beginnings and major endings in that area of your life. Um, the third house is also siblings, extended relatives and neighbors or people that live in your immediate vicinity. So there could be some major changes when it comes to those topics as well, if any of those people play an important role in your life, such as, for example, if your siblings play an important role in your life, there may be some major changes happening in their lives that affect your relationship in some significant way. So that story is not really going to get going until the later part of 2023, because that's one of the last major transits that happens, is just having that eclipse in your third house in the sign of Libra on October 14th of 2023. All right, so those are the major, major transits that I wanted to focus on this year. So to summarize, some of the major keywords for this year 
based on just where some of the most important transits are going to be in your chart based on the houses. The major keywords this year for 2023 are learning, career, self, home, and communication. And that is basically it. Those are going to be the main themes that you should encounter in some form or another during the course of this year that are unique for you with Leo rising compared to other rising signs where the transits are going to be going through different parts of their chart and representing the activation of different sectors of their life. So that's pretty much it. And that's it for this forecast uh, for 2023 for Virgo and Virgo rising for the entire year of 2023. So let's jump into your horoscope in order to look at what some of the major transits are and what part of your chart they're going to be activating over the course of the next 12 months. The first transit I want to talk about is one that is a continuation of a transit you've been experiencing for pretty much the entire second half of 2022 already, and that is the Mars retrograde that's been happening in the sign of Gemini, which is your 10th house in your chart, which is the house that has to do with career, reputation, and overall life direction. I'll circle that there. There's the 10th house, and there's Mars, which way back in August moved into Gemini. And normally a Mars transit would just last for like a month or so, and it would be pretty quick and over and pretty done with. But what ended up happening is that Mars slowed down and then it stationed retrograde at the end of October and started moving backwards through the sign of Gemini and back through your 10th house. So we're already more than halfway through this transit at this point by the end of 2022. But it's still going to linger for another few months into the first three months of 2023. So Mars transits can be kind of tricky because Mars sometimes brings uh, conflict, strife, um, and challenges in the area of the life that it transits. So this would be coming up within the context of your career, your reputation, and your overall life direction. So sometimes this can be constructive because Mars transits, especially for those with night charts, it can just um, bring a great deal of energy and enthusiasm and drive to that area of your life so that you may be working harder. You may be focused on a project that requires more energy on your part, and maybe you encounter some stumbles or some setbacks, but ultimately you're able to push through and come out on top still. So that's definitely one scenario, and that, that can be a very constructive use of this energy. Um, other scenarios, though, is could be a conflict with bosses or superiors as a possibility. If you have somebody that you don't get along with that's in a superior role over you, especially at work. Um, other times, you can run into issues with um, getting sort of like hot headed or, or getting in an argument or a conflict or saying something or doing something impulsively that can get you into trouble. So it's good to exercise restraint during this time period. Um, the next, for, for most of you, whatever this story is about that involves Mars transiting through your career sector, you should already be familiar with it because most of it's already played out in the second half of 2022. And by the time we get to next year, Mars is going to station direct on January 12th and then start moving forward again so that you should see, start to see the rectification and just the cleanup phase of any issues that have taken place up to that point. And then eventually, when Mars departs from Gemini on March 25th, that's when this entire Mars retrograde period will be completely over and done with. 
So that's one of the very first transits of the year that I wanted to mention. Moving on, the next transit that's really major is that Saturn is getting ready to complete its three-year transit through Aquarius, through your sixth house of work and health, where you may have had some restructuring or potentially some setbacks in that area since around March of 2020 when Saturn first moved into that sector of your chart. And it's getting ready to move out of that area of your chart and move into your seventh house of relationships once it moves into the sign of Pisces. So Saturn transits in the seventh house um, can sometimes bring a period that is more serious when it comes to relationships. Um, you may start thinking more seriously about relationships or wanting to settle down or create sort of long-term commitments in relationships at this time. Uh, sometimes it can bring up a period of testing where there's some like obstacles or setbacks or just um, critical turning points when it comes to relationships where uh, if you have a relationship that's on a solid foundation, then it'll come out of this period much stronger and you'll create a foundation that will last for many years in the future. However, if you're in a relationship that's not very stable or has a weak foundation, you may find that some of the obstacles that you run into at this time um, are hard to get through and you may just have to make a choice between whether to continue with the relationship or whether it's not worth continuing with. So this isn't going to be a transit that happens all at once. This is just the beginning phase of it, this first year essentially of 2023, because Saturn's going to be transiting through this sector of your chart and through the sign of Pisces all the way until 2026. So it's kind of a long-term transit, but it's a good idea to start paying attention to what happens in the relationship sector of your life over the course of um, the second and third and fourth quarter of 2023, just because any little uh, narratives or stories that begin with respect to relationships that, at that time could end up becoming much more important in the long term than you might expect at first. So all right, so that's one of the other major transits this year that I want to talk about is that Saturn transit. Um, moving ahead, we've also got a shift that's taking place in March. There's so many other, so many planetary shifts: first Mars, then Saturn, and then finally Pluto dips into Aquarius in March as well for a quick little uh, three-month preview of a longer-term twenty-year Pluto transit that's going to be going through Aquarius over the course of the next couple of decades. So this is going to go through and have sort of a preview into your sixth house of work and health. Um, this may indicate a period in which you're focusing more intensely on your health or on work matters than at other times in your life, uh, to the point of sometimes sort of obsessively focusing on certain topics in that area. Um, that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It just means that you're going to go through a much more intense period of um, focus and refinement in this area of your life compared to other times. But since this is such a long-term transit, um, it may not all, all sort of start at once at this time as soon as Pluto goes in there, but instead this may just be a preview for some of you of some of the themes that are going to arise over the course of the next decade or two. Uh, but it really depends on if you have personal planets early in the fixed signs, then you might see some, some events happening earlier rather than later. All right, so moving on to more positive transits, I want to talk about the Jupiter transits that are happening this year um, in your eighth and ninth houses. So 
for the first six, for the first five months of the year, the planet Jupiter is going to move through Aries and move through your eighth house of shared resources. So this is a period that can be good financially, especially if you're involved in any sort of either uh, business partnership or romantic partnership. This period could see an increase of income as a result of working through a partner. Um, the eighth house also has to do with things like inheritance, debt, taxes, and other things like that. So occasionally when people have Jupiter transits through the eighth, you can see a financial windfall coming through from one of those other topics or one of those other areas related to the eighth house. So this is especially the case just in the first five months of the year when you're having um, that Jupiter transit through Aries. Then in May, about the middle of May, Jupiter is actually going to ingress into Taurus and move into your ninth house of religion, philosophy, education, foreign travel, and belief. So the ninth house uh, and ninth house transits, especially benefic ones, can be very positive for learning and expanding your horizons. And if there's some uh, course of study that you would like to, you've been wanting to learn for a number of years, if you've been wanting to uh, learn a foreign language or take a major trip or just start on a new educational sort of study, then this can be a great time to do that. And it could mark the beginning of a new phase of education and learning in your life. Um, it's also good for travel. It can also be good for expanding horizons in terms of your beliefs. Um, sometimes people start studying different religious or philosophical schools at this time, or um, the ninth can also be the place of politics. So sometimes a person can become more politically active when ninth house transits are taking place. And generally speaking, since this is a benefic transit with Jupiter, especially for those of you with day charts, it should be a relatively positive period of growth and expansion in this area. All right, so those are the Jupiter transits. There's also going to be a Venus retrograde this year in the sign of Leo. And Leo for you is your 12th house, which is usually one of the more challenging houses that sometimes indicates uh, people that we don't get along with in our life, which in ancient astrological texts is usually said to be the place of enemies. But sometimes in a modern context, the 12th house is just like people that we don't get along with. And a Venus retrograde in this area, though, usually indicates a period of looking back to the past and trying to find reconciliation um, with people or circumstances or events that happened in the past that were difficult. So for you, this may be a period of needing to look back at previous conflicts or with people in your life that you don't necessarily get along with, but where you might need to go through a period of looking at some of those uh, periods of like falling out with somebody and seeing if there's a way to patch things up or reconcile things. So this transit is going to take place over a few month period. Basically, as soon as Venus moves into the sign of Leo on June 5th, but it's really going to intensify when Venus stations retrograde on July 22nd, and then it's going to be retrograde and moving backwards in the zodiac for about 40 days and 40 nights until it eventually stations direct on September 3rd. Then the, the full transit isn't over until Venus departs from Leo in early October on October 3rd. 
So looking back to the past, reflecting on things, and generally improving conditions in that area of life with people that you don't get along with or that you have tense relationships will be one of the major themes, I think, of that transit. But it should be relatively positive, especially for those of you with night charts where, benef- where, where Venus tends to be more benefic and a bit more positive. All right, so those are the benefic transits this year. The last thing I wanted to talk about and focus on in terms of major, major transits are the eclipses that are going to be taking place this year because we have a shift that's taking place um, in the eclipse axis where it's going to be shifting from your ninth and third house axis, which is essentially your learning and communication axis and a period of major beginnings and major endings in that area that you've already been experiencing over the course of the past year where we've had eclipses taking place in those signs during the course of 2022. And what we're going to start to see is a set a new series of eclipses shifting into your financial sector, which is your second and eighth house axis, which represents personal finances as well as shared resources with other people in your life. So um, my keywords for eclipses are major beginnings and major endings. We've already talked about two of these areas of your chart, um, the eighth house and the ninth house, where we're going to see positive themes of growth and expansion because Jupiter is also transiting through that area of your chart or that sector of your life. So the Jupiter transits combined with the eclipses will just make some of those major beginnings and major endings a bit more positive and successful and potentially uh, lucky or fortuitous. But we're also going to see some major beginnings and endings when it comes to both your personal finances as well as the way that you communicate, which is the the third house with that Scorpio eclipse. So um, when eclipses take place in the ninth house, we sometimes have a shift in our philosophy or our belief systems or our education. And one of the things that comes along with that then is learning how to communicate what we've learned or what we believe with other people. And that's going to be that Scorpio eclipse in your third house, which is going to become especially important on May 5th when that eclipse takes place in Scorpio because that's the very last of the Scorpio eclipse series where whatever philosophical or belief type uh, changes have been going on in your life or educational uh, changes that have been happening through the ninth house eclipses, um, while you may have struggled to transition into how how to communicate that to other people over the course of the past year, by the time we have this final eclipse in Scorpio in May, I think you'll really get the hang of it, and that sort of sequence of events will be over in your life so that you can transition into the new phase or into the new chapter. So the third house also sometimes represents uh, people in our life such as siblings, neighbors, or extended relatives, and there may be some major changes happening um, in the lives of those people around you, which can sometimes have a sort of like unsettling effect in terms of feeling like things are up in the air. But um, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative or positive. It's just an important turning point sometimes in the lives of those people or with respect to your relationship with those people. So that's another theme I wanted to mention aside from communication for the third house. Um, With this eclipse series, the financial eclipses are going to continue into 2024. So it'll be very important to pay attention to what. new things you start when it comes to your finances and start happening in the financial sector of your life 
um, around the time of those two eclipses, especially the one in April on April 20th, and then the next one on April on October 14th. Um, because whatever starts at that time, if there's a new development or a new change when it comes to your finances, that story is going to continue to play out over into 2024 in six-month increments as further eclipses take place in that pair of signs. All right, so those are really the major transits that I wanted to mention this year in terms of the main parts of your life that seem to be activated. So just to summarize, the primary areas of your life and the primary keywords for this year that are going to be, I think, the main focus for those of you with Virgo rising is career, relationships, resources, and finances in general, and then finally, communication and learning how to communicate more effectively. So those are the major topics or the major themes for 2023 for Virgo and Virgo rising for Libra and Libra rising for the entire year of 2023. Let's go ahead and jump right into looking at your chart and looking at what some of the major transits are going to be over the course of the next 12 months. My horoscopes are primarily meant to be read relative to your rising sign, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you were born during the day, or your moon sign, especially if you were born at night. So the first transit that I want to talk about is the Mars retrograde in Gemini in your ninth house of religion, philosophy, belief, education, and foreign travel that's going to be finishing up over the course of the first three months of 2023. So this Mars retrograde is happening in your ninth house, and the transit really began last August as soon as Mars moved into Gemini and into your ninth house, but it intensified in late October when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde on October 30th, which should have represented an intensification uh, of this transit at that time. So Mars transits can be kind of tricky because Mars usually signifies things like uh, strife, uh, contention, stress, fighting, and other keywords along those lines typically. So with this transit going through your ninth house, it could indicate some tensions when it comes to education. Um, more broadly, the ninth house represents our beliefs, which can be like political beliefs, it can be religious or philosophical beliefs or spiritual beliefs. Um, but this Mars transit may indicate some tension in this area of your life or some conflict with others that arise as a result of either what you believe or what other people in your life believe that's somehow coming into conflict with you. So sometimes this doesn't have to be negative, but some of these conflicts can be constructive or positive. And Mars transits occasionally, especially for those with night charts, can just indicate a period of time in which you're putting a lot more energy and effort into this area than at other times. Since the ninth house is education and, and foreign travel, for many of you, it may just be applied to those areas in terms of this just being a period of greater um, energy output in that area than other times in your life. So this transit um, is going to have one more period of intensification when Mars stations direct on January 12th, and then the transit will officially end on the 25th of March when Mars departs from Gemini and leaves that sign entirely. Alright, so moving on to the next transit, we have Saturn in March departing from Aquarius, where it's been transiting for three years 
in your fifth house of children and um, leisurely activities. And Saturn's going to move into Pisces, which, which is your sixth house of work and health matters. So this can inaugurate essentially a three-year period in which you're going to have greater focus on either work or health matters and trying to um, put better structures in your life surrounding both of those topics or at least one of those topics in particular. So some people, when Saturn goes into their sixth house, if there's um, like health or dietary or exercise things that they've kind of been letting go or haven't been very focused on up to this point, they can find themselves needing to address those issues and starting to build a better foundation in their life at this time. So this could mean going to the gym, it could mean trying different diets or other things just in order to improve your physical health and address any health issues that may arise at this time. In other instances, this can pertain to our work situation, especially if we find ourselves in a subordinate role to somebody else, or alternatively, if we have people that work under us as employees. This can sometimes come up in a sixth house context. And when Saturn goes into this house, it can sometimes indicate a period of some challenges coming up in this area, but eventually needing to push through and overcome some of those challenges so that you emerge on the other end stronger as a result. So that transit's really going to begin in March and will last through the rest of the year. And it will, um, you'll experience it with greater periods of intensity or less intensity over the course of the next three years as Saturn's going to be transiting through your sixth house all the way through 2026. All right, so those are two of the transits happening this year. Another one that's happening is Pluto is going to dip into Aquarius for just a few months between March and June. This is kind of a preview of a longer-term transit of Pluto going through your fifth house, the fifth house representing children, creativity, pleasure, and also sex and romance. So Saturn's been transiting through this house for the past three years, which may have coincided with a period of greater restrictions and obstacles and difficulties when it comes to some of those topics. So the good news is that Saturn departing from this area of your life means that that area is actually going to lighten up and you're going to feel kind of like a cloud has been lifted off of that area of your life that's been making things more serious over the course of the past three years since early 2020 when Saturn first went into your fifth house and first moved into Aquarius. So the flip side of that is that Pluto, when it goes into Aquarius, is going to bring a new level of intensity and transformation to this area of your life that maybe didn't exist before up to this point. So this may intensify some romantic relationships since the fifth house pertains to that. Um, it also may bring some, some major transformations in your life through the process or through the, the topic of children, whether it's your children or other people's children, somehow starting to become a little bit more important at this point. So for many of you, this isn't going to be a transit that stands out immediately unless you have fixed placements. Uh, in your birth chart early in the fixed signs in very early degrees, but it may just be something to pay attention to as a bit of a shift because that's going to foreshadow some later Pluto transits that are going to take place over the course of the next 20 years as Pluto is going to be transiting through Aquarius until the early 2040s. So pretty long-term transit that we're, we're getting just a brief three-month preview of in the second quarter of 2023. All right, moving on to 
Some of the more positive transits that are happening this year, one of my favorite ones that's going to take place is that Jupiter is going to ingress into Aries and it's going to spend the first five months of the year of 2023 in that sign. So the seventh house, this is the seventh house for you, and the seventh house pertains to relationships, um, particularly romantic ones, including marriage and partnership, but also sometimes business relationships or occasionally just close one-on-one partnerships in general in your life. So Jupiter moving into this into this sign should represent a period of growth and expansion when it comes to relationships in general in the first five months of the year. And this is probably one of the most positive or optimistic transits that you're going to be having in 2023, right there in the first five months of the year until about the middle of May. So some of you already got a preview of what this transit should be like last year when Jupiter dipped into Aries for just a little bit. But now it's coming back starting in December of 2022 uh, with kind of like a vengeance. And we're going to see um, a much more optimistic and much more positive time for relationships taking place in the first part of the year. Uh, This is actually emphasized because we're also going to see some eclipses taking place starting in April in your seventh house of relationships. And usually that means you're beginning a period of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to relationships. But because Jupiter is going to transit there at the same time, I think that these changes should ultimately be pretty positive and pretty growth oriented when it comes to relationships. So that even if you see some relationships reaching sort of an ending point or coming to the end of one chapter, it should be opening up a new chapter at the same time. Um, I know some of you, when Jupiter dipped into Aries last year, either started major relationships or had some relationships getting more serious at that time. Um, one of my favorite like Libra rising examples, for example, was uh, Britney Spears, who got married last year when Jupiter went into her seventh house of relationships. And this might be a good time for um, thinking more seriously about relationships in general for the first five months of the year, because you're just going to happen to be in a position where things are going to be going a bit more smoothly than at other times in your life, um, all other things aside. All right, so that's first Jupiter transit, first five months. Second Jupiter transit, starting in mid-May, Jupiter's going to ingress into Taurus, and it's going to move into your eighth house of shared resources, inheritance, the assets or the finances that belong to others. And this is basically one of the financial sectors of your chart. So this usually represents the role that money plays in our life that belongs to other people. So this sometimes represents like the finances or assets of your partner, whether it's a romantic partner or a business partner. Whoever you're with at this time could be doing better financially for some reason than at other times, and this could then impact your life in a positive way financially. In other instances, eighth house transits can be sorting out issues pertaining to debt, inheritance, or taxes in a way that's ultimately positive or beneficial for you especially for those of you that have day charts, where you'll experience some of those Jupiter transits in a way that's a bit more positive. So that's a positive transit that's taking place essentially the entire second half of the year in the financial sector of your chart. Um, Moving on, we also have a Venus retrograde that's taking place this year in the sign of Leo, which is your 11th house of friendship, uh, groups, alliances, and social movements. 
So a Venus retrograde, usually generally speaking, can indicate um, unifying and reconciling things or looking back at past relationships and um, reforging connections that were either lost or they got frayed at some point in the past. So for you, this because it's happening in the, the friendship sector of your chart, it may have to do with um, looking back on past friendships or sometimes even reconnecting with old friends from the past and bringing them forward or back into your life in the present in some way. So in terms of dates for that, the entire transit is going to start on June 5th as soon as Venus ingresses into Leo because that's going to be the beginning of this very extended transit of Venus through your 11th house of friendships. But it's going to intensify on July 22nd when Venus slows down and stations retrograde. And then it's going to begin an intensified period of the transit where Venus is moving backwards through Leo for approximately 40 days and 40 nights, all the way until it stations direct on September 3rd. After that, we're going to be in the post-retrograde sort of cleanup phase until early October when Venus eventually departs from Leo entirely and the transit is over. So that should be very much focused on friends, groups. For those of you with night charts, it should be especially positive and a, a good time to be with friends or to make new friends or go out and connect with new social groups at this time or even look back and, as I said, reconnect with old ones. All right, the last thing I wanted to talk about here are the eclipses taking place this year um, because we've got a shift where the eclipses are moving from the Taurus-Scorpio axis where they've been for the past more than a year now, which is your financial axis, and the eclipses are about to shift um, into your first and seventh house axis, which is essentially your self versus relationships axis. So the Taurus Scorpio ones um, have been indicating major beginnings and major endings when it comes to uh, the balance between your own financial resources and your own finances, which is the second house, and the finances that you share or the role that other people's finances play in your life at the same time, and trying to find balance between those two areas. So we're going to see new developments when it, takes, when it comes to your personal finances around the time of the eclipse on May 5th, which is in Scorpio in your second house. And this should represent the culmination of a series of events that have been taking place over the course of the past year and a half when it comes to your personal finances and getting things in order when it comes to that. Then we're going to have the final Taurus eclipse in your eighth house of other people's resources on October 28th, and that'll be the final eclipse in that series when it comes to major beginnings and major endings in terms of other people's money. So after that point, we're going to see a shift where the eclipses are going to start jumping back and forth between your first house of self, mind, body, and appearance. And, and indicating major beginnings and major endings in that area. And then the eclipses are going to start taking place in your seventh house of relationships and indicating major beginnings and major endings there. So usually what I see when people start having first house and seventh house eclipses is um, 
they start putting more focus on either themselves and what they need to do to make themselves happy, or they start putting more focus on other people and what they need to do in order to maintain relationships in their life. And usually what happens is they sort of teeter-totter back and forth over the period of about a year and a half in sometimes putting more focus on themselves and other times putting more focus on their relationships. But each time it creates kind of an imbalance in one or another, and it keeps going back and forth over the course of a year and a half or so. So with the very first eclipse in Aries on April 20th, the focus should be on relationships, and it should be relatively positive in terms of new beginnings in relationships and thinking relatively optimistically about that sphere of life uh, because that's falling in Aries in your seventh house and because Jupiter will be there at the same time, which puts kind of a positive spin on that eclipse, even though eclipses otherwise sometimes can indicate periods of things being kind of up in the air or things being kind of chaotic. I think the Jupiter co-presence there in the seventh house at the same time should smooth things out so that even if there is some instability, um, it should be relatively good or relatively positive and should push things more towards the new beginnings type manifestation rather than the endings type manifestation. So later in the year, we're going to get the other side of that eclipse though, where after focusing on relationships in the first half of the year more, when we get this Libra eclipse on October 14th, that should put the focus more on you and more on your sense of self and changes when it comes to your self-perception and your sense of identity in the world. So sometimes that can indicate um, changes to your appearance or making a deliberate change when it comes to that and your physical body and the way that you physically manifest yourself in the world. Um, so sometimes putting greater focus on your health can come up and doing things to improve your health. Other times the first house can be more mental in focus and it can put the focus more towards thinking about who you are and what you want in life and what your general direction in life should be and what you need to do in order to be happy on your own just as an individual as opposed to somebody that's in relationships. So I think that creates kind of a divide between the first half of the year being more relationship focused and the second half of the year being more personally focused. Um, but by the end of the year, as you move into 2024, I think you'll start tr finding more balance between those two things, and we will see a continuation of that eclipse series in your first and seventh houses that will lead into the next year of 2024. All right, so those are the major transits that I wanted to mention. So just to summarize some of the major topics. I think the main topics that you're going to be focused on or that are going to come up this year are going to focus on the concept of beliefs and you defining what your beliefs are, especially in some instances early in the year, even when those beliefs conflict or contradict those of other people in your life. So that's the ninth house transit. You're going to focus on health and physical wellness and doing it what it takes to improve your health and also maintain it. You're going to focus on relationships for sure with Jupiter and eclipses taking place in your seventh house. And then finally, there's a major financial focus for Libra risings as well this year with those eclipses and that Jupiter transit taking place in your eighth house and your second house. But otherwise, I think that's it in terms of the major themes for next year for 2023 for Libra and Libra rising.
for Scorpio and Scorpio rising for the entire year of 2023. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. My horoscopes are primarily designed to be read or, or watched, I should say, from the perspective of your rising sign, although you can also watch them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you're born during the day, or your moon sign, especially if you're born at night. All right, so let's get into the very first transit right at the top of the year, which is the continuation and completion of the Mars retrograde period that really started way back in August when Mars uh, first moved into Gemini and moved into your eighth house, which represents um, other people's money. It can sometimes relate to things like inheritance or other issues surrounding mortality or just the finances of a partner. Mars can be kind of a contentious planet that can indicate conflict tension or strife in whatever area of the chart that it transits. So for some of you, this may have indicated a period in which there could have been greater conflict surrounded shared resources with a partner, whether that's a business partner or a romantic partner. Um, sometimes the eighth house also pertains to debt, taxes, loans, or just the general topic of other people's finances in general and the role that that plays in your life. So the transit began way back in August, as I said, but that was kind of just the initial buildup phase. And there was an intensification of this transit at the end of October, starting October 30th, 2022, when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde and began moving backwards. So the next important turning point is going to take place around January 12th, when Mars stations direct in this spot in your chart and starts moving forward again, at which point there should be some rectification of some of the issues that arose earlier when Mars stationed retrograde so that you can start moving forward again instead of having to go back and deal with contentions about past issues regarding finances from either months or years earlier, since retrogrades, uh, especially when a planet's going retrograde, often indicate issues coming back from the past because the planet itself is literally retracing its steps through the signs of the zodiac. So the transit's going to be over eventually by, looks like the 25th of March, when Mars eventually departs from Gemini and moves into the sign of Cancer. So this is going to be a transit that'll sort of be lingering for the first three months of the year, um, which is why I wanted to mention it right at the top. So moving forward, the next transit I want to talk about is that the slower-moving outer planet, Saturn, is wrapping up a three-year-long transit through your fourth house of home and family and living situation, um, and it's going to depart from that sector of your chart in March and move into your fifth house of uh, children, recreation, and uh, it can also be the house of romance. So the fourth house transit's been kind of a heavy influence when it comes to your home and living situation and also your parents over the course of the past three years. And Saturn can indicate a period of constriction or a period of greater responsibility in that area of your life with respect to either one or both of those topics. So the good news is that with Saturn departing from your fourth house, um, it's going to kind of lift that sort of cloud or that feeling of having a greater burden or having things move much more slowly and be much more heavy in that area of your life as they have been over the course of the past three years since, Mar since Saturn first moved into Aquarius in March of 2020. 
So when Saturn moves into Pisces, it's going to be moving into your fifth house. And as I said, the fifth house has to do with especially the topic of children, whether it's your own children or just the role that children play in your life in general. It can also indicate uh, creativity or how you create things in the world in general, especially if you're a creative person. The fifth house also pertains to pleasure and joy, like what we do for enjoyment or for like recreation, like playing games. And the fifth house can also pertain to sex and the general topic of sexuality in general. So when Saturn moves into this sector of your chart, it is going to bring a greater sense of responsibility and heaviness surrounding some of the, those topics. So you may find yourself having more serious uh, thinking about the topic of children for some reason in your life, um, whether you're deciding to have children or whether your children, if you already have some, are entering into some sort of new and important chapter in their life where they're um, aging and sort of growing up. Sometimes there can be issues where Saturn can indicate a, a feeling of coldness or distance so that you may find that there's a little bit of tension or some challenges that come up in your relationship with them at this time. Uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but sometimes, especially for those of you with day charts, it may just indicate a surmountable difficulty that comes up and you have to address something, but then you're eventually able to overcome it and get through it and come out stronger as a result. So there may be some similar issues with just surmountable difficulties that arise when it comes to those other topics I mentioned, such as um, creativity, how you find joy and fun and um, leisurely activities in your life, as well as just general topics of sex and sexuality, um, having a more heavy tone during this time period as well. So as soon as Saturn moves in in March of 2023, that'll be the start of the transit. And it'll be there for the rest of the year. And indeed, this is actually the beginning of a longer term two or three year transit before Saturn departs from Pisces in 2026. So pay attention to any developments that start to take place in this area of your life over the course of 2023, because even if they look small or insignificant at first, they may um, develop into much more important long term themes over the course of the next two to three years. All right, so moving ahead, other transits you have going on this year is that Pluto is going to dip into Aquarius for just a few months between March and June, and that's your fourth house of home and living situation. That could bring some more, some much more intense transformational events when it comes to your, either your home and living situation or your relationship with your parents for some reason, since that's your fourth house. Um, that's part of a, a much more long-term transit over the next 20 years, though, so that may not be relevant to all of you right away unless it's hitting important personal planets in your chart in the early degrees of the fixed signs. Um, something I want to focus on more is the Jupiter transits that are taking place this year, starting with the Jupiter transit into Aries, which is your sixth house of health and work. So Jupiter moving into this sector should indicate a period of growth and expansion when it comes to either health issues and just um, how you're dealing with your health and your physical vitality and opening up some new vistas in terms of um, improving your health and finding ways to maintain good health habits, as well as to combat any pre-existing health issues that may have arised, may have come up in the past. 
So Jupiter, especially for those of you with day charts, can be very helpful if you've been struggling with something up to this point with potentially finding a way to address it in a way that's much more effective than things that you've found in the past. In other instances, Jupiter transits through the six can just indicate positive circumstances at work or with um, either people that work for you if you find yourself in a superior role where you have subordinates, or alternatively, just in your workplace in general, having a lighter vibe that's a little bit more positive um, during the course of the early part of this year. So this transit's going to last all the way from December of 2022 until about the middle of May of 2023, before Jupiter eventually departs from Aries and moves into the sign of Taurus and into your seventh house of relationships. So the seventh house represents partnership, relationships, the marriage partner if you're married, as well as just the general concept of close one-on-one relationships with other people in general in your life. So generally speaking, this transit of Jupiter through the seventh house is a pretty good period for growth and expansion when it comes to relationships. So sometimes people start new relationships during this time that go relatively well. Other times if you're already in a relationship, it can be a period of moving into a new chapter of that relationship that's much more positive and much more supportive than the previous period had been up to that point. So this is going to be tied in a little bit with some eclipses that are taking place in your seventh house and that have been taking place in your seventh house that indicate major beginnings and major endings in this area over the course of the past year. So we'll actually come back to and circle around to that here um, in just a little bit. The next positive transit that I wanted to mention is there's going to be a Venus retrograde this year in the sign of Leo, which is your 10th house of career, reputation, and overall life direction. So this is actually a pretty positive transit, especially for those of you with night charts. Um, because a Venus retrograde can sometimes indicate a period in which um, you're able to build contacts with people that end up helping to further your life's work or in order to help you in terms of your career. So Venus is very good at building social contacts with people. And sometimes when Venus goes retrograde, it can bring old people back into your life from the past who can end up helping you in the present or in the future. In this context, it should be within the context of your career and overall life direction. So keep an eye out for the potential for opportunities later this summer when Venus goes retrograde in your 10th house. Let me give some dates for that. So this transit's first going to start as soon as Venus goes into Leo on June 5th, but then it's really going to intensify when Venus slows down and stations retrograde around July 22nd. Then it's going to be retrograde for 40 days and 40 nights until it eventually stations direct on September 3rd. And then eventually the transit is going to be over when Venus departs from Leo in early October. So that's going to be um, one of the most notable transits of the year. It should be very good in terms of positive events for your reputation and social standing in general. Venus can sometimes be about like winning awards or receiving accolades or recognition for some action that you've taken. Um, it can also just be positive if you're a creative individual for 
doing creative activities within the context of your career that end up being successful or fortuitous. Um, and generally, just having windfalls career-wise would be a pretty positive manifestation of that transit, of a benefic transit through the 10th house, especially for those of you um, that, have, that were born at night, where Venus is more benefic. All right, so let's transition then into the final major transits that I wanted to talk about, which are the eclipses that are taking place this year, where we're going to have a shift occurring of the eclipses, moving from your first and seventh house and starting to move into your sixth house and twelfth house axes. So the first two sets of eclipses are going to take place in April and May, and it's going to start with a eclipse in your sixth house of health and work, which combined with that Jupiter transit through your sixth house should expand on some of the themes I was talking about earlier of uh, new developments and major beginnings when it comes to either your workplace or where it comes to your health and improving your all overall health and physical vitality. The second part of that eclipse um, is going to take place in the sign of Scorpio in your first house of self, and that eclipse is going to take place on May 5th. So I think that again emphasizes the um, physical vitality sort of indications that are already showing up around this time in terms of having a greater focus on your body and physical vitality and doing things in order to improve and maintain that. Um, this is also going to be connected with some longer-term things, themes of putting the focus on yourself and, your, and, and what it takes to basically put your own needs first above those of others. Because you've been having a, a series of eclipses between your first house of self and your seventh house of relationships over the course of the past year since um, all of 2022 and even I think the later part of 2021 is when those eclipses in your seventh house started. So this can indicate major beginnings and major endings when it comes to relationships or your focus on yourself. And usually what happens is that people kind of uh, teeter-totter back and forth between either focusing on themselves or focusing on their relationships and sometimes putting too much emphasis on one area or the other over the course of a couple of years until eventually by the end of those eclipse uh, transits, they start to find a balance between the two. So with that Scorpio eclipse in May, I think this is the getting towards the end of that eclipse series. So it's getting to the point where you should start finding the balance between self versus relationships um, and finding a healthy balance between those two areas of your life. So this continues, this eclipse series continues into the fall where we get a solar eclipse in the sign of Libra in your 12th house, and then we get a lunar eclipse in the sign of Taurus in your 7th house of relationships. So this is going to be the completion of the Taurus eclipse series, so it's either going to be indi indicating major beginnings or major endings when it comes to relationships with the Taurus eclipse, but because Jupiter is going to be transiting through your 7th house at the same time by that time, I think this is probably going to be positive um, manifestations in terms of major beginnings in relationships or entering into some major new chapter of your life with respect to relationships that's relatively enjoyable and optimistic. 
And then the other eclipse is taking place near 12th house, which can have to do with um, themes of focusing on both physical and mental health and what it, do- what it means to or what it takes to maintain those things. So sometimes people can go through kind of an introspective period of looking within. Um, sometimes they can have the experience of needing to develop um, or at least have a period of, of greater isolation during those times. But ultimately, this sort of internal process ends up being positive and ends up being growth-oriented once you come out the other side of it. And I think that's connected with some of the sixth and first house transits that you're going to be experiencing earlier in the year. Um, this will probably end up being part of a long-term process because the eclipses are moving from Scorpio and Taurus into Aries and Libra. So it's something that you're going to experience as continuing into 2024, um, the, the activation of your sixth house of health and work and the activation of the 12th house at the same time. So any of those themes should just be getting going in 2023, but then really picking up as you move into 2024. All right, so those are, I think, all of the major transits that I wanted to focus on in this forecast for Scorpio for 2023. To summarize some of the main areas of life or some of the main keywords that I think are going to be the greatest focus for you in 2023 are going to be shared resources and other people's money due to that Mars transit in your eighth house, Uh, the topic of children and creativity because of the Saturn transits and the seriousness of that in your fifth house, topics related to health and physical vitality due to some of the sixth house transits, then especially relationships uh, and partnership due to the seventh house transits, and finally a greater focus on self and self-identity and identifying who you are and what you want to accomplish in life and how you want to present yourself to the world due to some of those first house eclipses that are going to take place in the sign of Scorpio. So um, that's actually it for this forecast. Good luck in 2023. And I'll see you again next year in 2024. For Sagittarius and Sagittarius rising, these are some of the major transits that I want to focus on today that I think are the primary planetary alignments that are happening in 2023, along with some of the dates associated with those transits that I'll mention during the course of this forecast. So let's focus right away on the very first major transit of the year, which is the Mars retrograde in Gemini which is finishing up in your seventh house of relationships. So this is a transit that actually began last August when Mars first moved into Gemini and moved into your seventh house of relationships. Um, But it really intensified around late October when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde in that sign. So Mars can be kind of a difficult or a contentious planet, and Um, When it goes through a person's seventh house, it can sometimes indicate a period of greater tensions or conflict when it comes to relationships. So sometimes this can mean just like fighting with other people more often or getting in some heated arguments with a spouse. Or in some extreme instances, it can indicate a period of severing or separation when it comes to relationships, depending on how things go and how your individual chart is set up. So. As I said, this is a transit that we're already more than halfway through at this point, 
because the majority of it took place in the second half of 2022, and we just recently passed the halfway point when we had the full moon in Gemini about a week ago, here in December of 2022. But the transit is going to reach another critical turning point on January 12th, 2023, when Mars ends its retrograde period and stations direct. And then from that point, it's just going to be in a sort of cleanup phase over the course of the next month or two until it eventually departs from Gemini and leaves your seventh house of relationships entirely on March 25th. So um, the good news is that we're already more than halfway through that transit. Most of the major themes that are going to happen are probably already in motion, and you've probably already experienced them to some extent. Um, but we'll just be in the sort of cool down or sort of wrap up phase of that transit over the first three months of 2023. All right, so moving ahead to other transits, I next want to talk a little bit about the Saturn transit, where Saturn is about to leave a three year transit in your third house of communication siblings, and short-distance travel, and it's about to move into Pisces, which is your fourth house of home, family, living situation, parents, and your private life. So Saturn's ingress into your fourth house is going to begin um, a little bit more of a serious or potentially kind of heavy period when it comes to your home and living situation, where you may experience a period of restructuring the foundations of your living situation, essentially. So sometimes this can be motivated or some of the challenges associated with this transit can be motivated as a result of some sort of like challenge or obstacle or difficulty that arises with respect to the living situation that you have to address or that you have to overcome in some way. Um, but in the long term, it should help you to clear out some unnecessary baggage in this area of your life so that you can create a more solid or a more stable foundation over the course of the next three years, uh, because this is actually a long-term transit that's beginning in March of 2023, but it's going to last all the way until 2026. So pay attention to any changes in your home and living situation that start taking place in March, because even if they seem relatively minor at first, they may signal uh, much longer-term or major changes that will grow and develop over the course of the next year or two. Um, another area that comes up with this transit is the parents um, and either some major events happening in their life or some major events when it comes to your relationship with your parents and needing to revisit that and maybe address some issues from the past that you would sort of let linger. But at this point, they have to be sort of met and addressed head on. So sometimes that can be kind of difficult. It can sometimes indicate a period where there's some distance or there's some coldness in the relationship between you and your parents. Um, but ultimately, if you are able to successfully navigate this uh, period of sort of coldness or tension or distance, um, you should be able to develop a more solid foundation for your relationship overall by the end of the transit. All right, so surmountable difficulties in the fourth house of home living situation in parents. That's one of the other transits that begins in March. Also in March, Pluto's going to dip into Aquarius for just a few months, which is your third house of uh, communication, siblings, short distance travel, and neighbors. So this isn't going to be 
a major, major transit this year unless it's hitting uh, personal planets in your chart right from the start. If you have personal placements in your birth chart that are early in the fixed signs. However, it's important to pay attention to because it may just signal some things that are going to come up in the long term over the course of the next couple of decades because Pluto is actually going to spend about 20 years in Aquarius all the way until the early 2040s. But uh, this is just an, a little initial three month preview basically between March and June. So the third house is things like siblings, extended relatives like aunts and uncles. It can also sometimes indicate neighbors. So for some of you, this is going to indicate an intensification and deepening of the relationship with some of these people, where you may have some sort of uh, deep transformative experience in terms of your relationship with some of those figures in your life. Um, this is coming off of a three-year transit that you've already had over the past three years, where there have been some surmountable difficulties and maybe coldness or distance or seriousness in that relationship as a result of Saturn transiting through Aquarius in your third house. Um, but this is a, a much more, somewhat more intense transit where you're going to take kind of like a deep dive into some of those relationships and emerge from them um, with a much deeper understanding of the importance of some of those people in your lives. So sometimes this can be a little tricky. You might want to be careful about issues surrounding um, power or control or manip manipulation in this area when it comes to siblings, extended relatives. Or even neighbors, because those are always potentials with Pluto transits. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't necessarily have to be extremely bad or extremely good, just transformative in some way. Um, this may also come into play a little bit when it comes to communication for you and um, learning how to communicate and use your words and the way that you communicate in order to wield power. Um, since power is like a major keyword for Pluto. You may find that your communication with other people um, is more powerful than at other times in your life, or where suddenly you you start to understand at a deeper level the power of some of your words and the way that you communicate and how that affects people in your life, in your close day-to-day -day relationships. And coming to terms with that as you see your communication style changing over the course of the next several years as this Pluto transit really gets going in your third house. All right, so those are some of the more heavy transits early in the year, especially around the time of March. Um, I want to focus now, though, on some of the more positive transits, such as the Jupiter transit through your fifth house, which is going to be taking place for the entire first five months of the year. So the fifth house is one of the more positive houses in the chart. It generally represents the area where um, we see people like children, either our own children or just the concept of children in our life and the role that they play more broadly. The fifth house also represents creativity and artistic pursuits, as well as uh, pleasure, what we do for pleasure and joy or leisurely activities like games, as well as the broader topic of sex and sexuality in general. So with Jupiter going through this sector of your chart, this should be a period of growth and expansion when it comes to this area of your life in general. And it's actually a pretty positive transit because it just indicates a period that should be, um, you should be having more fun and you should be engaging in leisurely activities with a bit more gusto 
than at other times in your life. There was a brief preview of this transit last year when Jupiter dipped into Aries for a little bit, but this is one of the transits that's really going to dominate the first five months of the year of 2023 all the way through about mid-May of of the year, until mid-May is when Jupiter departs, and then it's going to move into Taurus. So um, we're going to return back to some of these fifth house themes when I come back to the eclipses. So I'll, I'll put a bookmark in that for now, and I'll move on to the other transit, which is Jupiter in the middle of May is going to ingress into the sign of Taurus, which is your sixth house of work and health. So this should indicate a period of growth and expansion when it comes to work matters and health matters. Um, Generally speaking, this usually just means that the person goes into a period where if they've been struggling with some health issues lately, they're sometimes able to find remedies or ways to address those health issues so that things start going better than they had previously in that department. Um, So this is going to be a transit that lasts starting in mid-May through the very end of 2023. So basically the entire second half of 2023 could be positive for addressing some health issues that you've had in the past. Um, The sixth house is also work and subordinates or people that work for you. Or if you're working in a subordinate position to other people, it can just mean your workplace in general. So having a sixth house transit of Jupiter can just be a positive period where you're a little bit more successful and lucky at work and where flow things flow a little bit more naturally and a little bit more easily for you in that department. Um, so it's a relatively positive period for work and just your job in general. And if you're working for people in a specific workplace, um, some of those relationships, you may find somebody that supports you or is helpful in the workplace um, so that you, you have kind of like a lucky or fortuitous meeting with somebody uh, in that context. All right, so that's Jupiter transit in the second half of the year. Then um, over the course of the summer, the other major benefic transit that's happening this year is we're going to get a Venus retrograde in the sign of Leo. And this Venus retrograde is going to take place in your ninth house of education, philosophy, beliefs, religion, Uh, and foreign travel or exposure to foreign cultures. Um, The ninth house really primarily has to do with one's belief systems and like what you believe in and what your sense of morality and ethics are. And over the course of the summer, essentially between June when Venus first goes into Leo until October when Venus departs from Leo, you may see yourself um, rethinking and revising some of your belief systems, and um, especially through social contacts and through meeting and exchanging ideas with other people or through a person who comes into your life at this time that becomes particularly influential or impactful in changing your views on something, you may see some of those views changing over the course of that few-month period. So the Venus retrograde as I said, it begins in June, but uh, it's the, the most intense period is going to be a period of about 40 days and 40 nights uh, between July 22nd, when Venus stations retrograde, all the way until September 3rd, when Venus stations direct. That's really the, the sort of eye of the storm or the focal point of this transit. So for some of you, um, 
this may indicate a period where you have a, a major trip or you go out of town for some reason or go to a foreign country. Um, sometimes with Venus retrogrades, relationships can be involved. So you may see a major relationship taking place in this period. And oftentimes with retrogrades, there's a backward looking component where you look back to the past or you go back to revisit something. So it may be that there's a, a person or a relationship that you look back to that falls in the ninth house, um, which has to do with education, philosophy, beliefs, religion, or other topics like that. And that um, for some reason you find yourself thinking about previous relationships or in some instances revisiting them. And this in some way has some sort of impact on your overall outlook on life in some broader sense. So for those of you with night charts, especially, that should be a pretty positive transit where it's a period of um, growth for you and it ends up being sort of lucky or successful in some way rather than something that's um, you know, overly dramatic or negative or something like that. It should be a pretty positive transit, um, especially if you take a trip at that time over the summer. All right, so that's the two benefic transits this year, the Jupiter transits and the Venus transits. The other major transits I want to focus on a little bit are the eclipses that are going to take place during the course of 2023, because eclipses always signify major beginnings and major endings in whatever sector of your birth chart that they fall in. So the first two eclipses, the first one's going to take place in Aries in your fifth house, and that's on April 20th. And the second one's going to take place in Scorpio, which is your 12th house on May 5th. So the Aries eclipse is really just emphasizing the Jupiter transit that I already talked about in your fifth house of children, creativity, and sex and romance. So for some people, this is going to indicate a major beginning or ending in this area of your life. So for some people, for example, when they have eclipses in their fifth house, since it's the place of children, it can indicate that um, suddenly the topic of children becomes more important in your life for some reason. So some people, for example, have a child during this time or get pregnant or something like that because it's representing a major beginning um, and a major new chapter of your life starting. In other instances, for people that are a little bit older, if you already have children, it may indicate some sort of end of a chapter with respect to children at this time in your life because eclipses are also major endings. But generally, because Jupiter is also transiting there, it should be a relatively positive one even if things are kind of up in the air for a period of time or kind of chaotic in the short term. So some people, for example, when they have eclipses in the fifth house um, and they have older children, um, a child will graduate from high school and go away to college, which will represent you know, the end of a major chapter in your relationship with that child and the beginning of a new chapter. So think in terms of that when it comes to those things. You may also want to pay attention to um, what sort of things you're doing for fun and leisurely activities during this time, because you could pick up a major new hobby that seems like just something you do for entertainment at first, but then it eventually ends up becoming a bigger deal uh, in your life over the course of the next six months since an eclipse is taking place there in your fifth house. Um, it may also be a good time for a new significant uh, romantic relationship with having an eclipse taking place there at the same time in your fifth house. So that's one of the eclipses. And um, 
this is kind of connected to a whole series of eclipses where the eclipses are shifting from your sixth and twelfth house, which is kind of like the, the work health axis, especially the health axis over the past year, um, with eclipses in 2022 having been taking place in Taurus and Scorpio. And for some of you, this has been a major period where you've had to put more focus on health matters for different reasons, um, because the sixth can be bodily health and the twelfth can be things like mental health. So um, we're going to see a continuation of some of those themes during 2023, but since this is the last two eclipses in Scorpio and Taurus that take place in May and October, um, it should be wrapping up a sequence of events that's been taking place at this point rather than starting a new one. So if some of you have been going through a period of greater focus on, health, on mental or physical health, then some of that should start to reach a sort of conclusion during the course of 2023. Um, the Scorpio eclipse in particular uh, is more of a focus on mental health because it's taking place in your 12th house, and it also has the potential of focusing to some extent on other topics like um, people that you don't get along with in your life tend to follow in the 12th house, and you may see some major developments there in terms of those relationships either indicating a new beginning or a new ending when it comes to some of those people in your life and the role that they play with you. All right, so moving to the later set of eclipses where we have the eclipse in Taurus in October in the um, health house, but also the work house. This may indicate a major beginning or major ending when it comes to your work and your workplace in general, where sometimes people start or end a job during those periods. Um, but we've got one new development taking place at this point, which is the eclipse in the sign of Libra in your 11th house of friends, groups, and alliances. So this is opening up a period that's going to last for uh, more than a year after this point, where the eclipses are going to start bouncing back and forth between your fifth house of children and enjoyment and creativity and your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances. So this is going to signify some major changes and a major new beginning or new ending when it comes to the topic of friends in your life. Suddenly friends are going to become more important and more of the focus in your life starting with this eclipse in October. So some people end up making new major friendships that, that begin and start at this time while other people find that there's certain friendships that have kind of um, reached the end of their life cycle and will kind of wind down or potentially come to an end at this point if that friendship is no longer serving you or is no longer necessary in your life at this time. So pay attention to just those keywords of major endings and major beginnings when it comes to friendship around the time of that October eclipse in the sign of Libra. All right, so just looking at everything, but it looks like this might be everything that I wanted to cover here in terms of my major keywords and major transits for 2023. So to summarize, um, some of the major keywords just based on the houses that are activated in your chart this year, the primary topics that are going to be the focus this year are relationships, home, parents, potentially children, creativity or romance, 
all fifth house topics. And then also finally health, work, and friends. So those are the major transits and those are the major topics for you for 2023. Good luck and I'll see you again next year. This is your horoscope and year ahead forecast for Capricorn and Capricorn rising for the entire year ahead of 2023. All right, so my horoscopes are primarily meant to be read relative to your rising sign, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you're born during the day, or your moon sign, especially if you were born at night. All right, so let's start with the very first transit, which is that at the very beginning of the year, for the first three months, you're going to be finishing up a Mars retrograde period in your sixth house of work and health. So this is a transit that began way back last August when Mars first moved into the sign of Gemini, um, which is the, the sector of your charter of your life that has to do with health matters and what it takes to maintain good bodily health. And the sixth house is also the place of your chart that has to do with your workplace. Um, people, especially if you find yourself as a superior, people that work in a subordinate position to you, or just your workplace in general. And Mars as a planet can be kind of a contentious planet that can raise the heat and the tension in whatever area of the chart that it's transiting. So this may have been a period where you've had to deal with some health issues or address some issues head on, or alternatively, it may have been a period where there could have been some contentiousness in your workplace or in your work environment. So the good news is that this transit, by the time we open 2023, it's largely going to be wrapping up. So the transit began in August. It intensified in late October when Mars stationed retrograde. And then Mars is going to end its retrograde period and station direct on January 12th. So that's really the last major turning point. And then after that, Mars is just in a cleanup phase all the way until about the 25th of March when Mars will eventually depart from that sign and the entire transit will be over. So that is one of the opening transits, though, for the first three months of the year. Um, moving on, the next transit that I want to talk about is Saturn is finally departing from Aquarius, and it's completing a three-year-long transit through your second house of finances, which uh, for many of you may have coincided with a period of consolidation when it comes to financial matters or in some instances, some surmountable difficulties or even hardships when it comes to finances or possessions since around March of 2020 when that Saturn transit began. That period is going to end here in March of 2023, and you're going to move into a new chapter with respect to your Saturn transits as it moves into your third house. So the third house is the sector of the chart that has to do with topics such as siblings, um, neighbors, your neighborhood in general, extended relatives such as aunts, uncles, cousins, and sometimes grandparents. Finally, the third house also has to do with short distance travel, um, such as uh, driving or your car, as well as uh, education and especially communication. So this is going to be a long-term transit, Saturn going through Pisces, that's going to last for the next three years through 2026. So this is going to be a period where it comes to communication, where you're going to go through a period of restructuring how you communicate and how you um, take things that you know or that you've learned, especially from the ninth house of your chart, and how you convey those to other people. 
you may run into some difficulties or some surmountable issues with communication that could hold back or restrict your communication or ability to communicate in some way. But eventually, through um, great effort and through pushing through those issues, you'll eventually become stronger and more effective as a communicator as a result. Um, you may see some other difficulties arise, either in terms of neighbors, um, siblings, or extended family that are kind of like issues of um, sometimes that relationship becoming more cold or distant for some reason. Um, but eventually, hopefully by the end of the transit, you'll have worked out some of those issues and it will um, not be that big of a deal or cease to be much of an issue. Um, but this is going to be a transit that you're going to be experiencing sort of off and on over the course of the next three years as tr Saturn transits through Pisces and goes through your third house. So pay attention to what happens as soon as it moves into that sign in March, because that should start to give you a preview and idea of what the next three years are going to be like in terms of that transit. All right. Um, other things happening, Pluto is going to dip into Aquarius for just a few months between March and June, uh, March 23rd through June 11th. This is a preview of a much longer term transit of Pluto going into your second house of finances. So um, this is a period in which there may be more of an intense focus on financial matters um, during this three-month period, and it's going to give you a preview of a longer-term 20-year transit, because really, um, once Pluto stops going through Capricorn and fully moves into Aquarius in a couple of years, that's going to start a 20-year transit that's going to last all the way through the early 2040s for you. So this initial preview, though, you might want to pay attention to it and see if there's any changes when it comes to financial matters. Um, you may find yourself more intensely focused on finances for some reason or the acquirement of possessions or money or wealth. Um, you may want to be careful, though, to exercise moderation because one of the things that Pluto does is it tends to make us go to extremes or it tends to make little small issues or small things that we focus on in, and magnify them into much bigger things. So you may find that being part of the process for you of somehow financial matters getting more of the focus or getting sort of blown out of proportion for some reason over the course of this short preview transit of Pluto and Aquarius. But hopefully this is largely a good thing, especially since Saturn by then will simultaneously be departing from your second house. So some of the um, shortfalls over the past few years should uh, cease to be as much of an issue. All right, so those are some of the more challenging transits. Moving on to some of the more positive transits this year. For the first five months of the year, you're going to have Jupiter transiting through your fourth house of home, family, parents, and private life. This transit will begin in December of 2022 when Jupiter goes into Aries here in the next week or so, but then it's going to last all the way through the middle of May of 2023. So this is a period of growth and expansion when it comes to your home and living situation. Some people may um, either move into a new living situation or in other instances, they'll move into another chapter of their life uh, in terms of their living situation and adding something to it that grows and expands and improves their living situation in some way. Um, other possibilities with this transit, the fourth house is the house that has to do with your um, parents. 
So in some instances, this can be a positive or fortuitous event that's happening in your parents' life that somehow indirectly impacts you. Or alternatively, it may just indicate a positive period in the first five months of the year in terms of your interactions with and your relationship with your parents um, going into a new stage that's relatively positive. So that's a pretty good transit. Um, immediately after that, we will see in May, once Jupiter departs from Aries, it's going to move into Taurus and it's going to go into your fifth house. So the fifth house uh, traditionally signifies topics such as children, creativity, uh, pleasure, fun and games, as well as sex, sexuality, and romance in general. So the fifth house in your chart. Um, is going to be one of the sectors that's majorly activated this year, not just by this Jupiter transit, which is pretty much going to dominate the entire second half of 2023, but we're also seeing some eclipses in that, second, in that sector of your chart as well, indicating some major beginnings and endings in this area. So for some people, this can be having a Jupiter transit in their fifth house for the second half of the year can just be a positive period in terms of the topic of romance. Um, for some people, having a major beginning and a Jupiter transit in the fifth house could indicate either having children or um, the topic of children entering a new crucial turning point in the person's life if they already have children, such as, for example, like their children graduating and going off to college or something like that. But generally speaking, it should just be a good um, period for the topic of children in general if you have any or if that is a topic in your life to an extent. Otherwise, fifth house transits are very good for fun and games and leisurely activities, and you may find yourself um, needing to focus on some new creative outlet in order to express yourself, or otherwise just engaging in some sort of new leisurely activity, um, like a hobby, which ends up becoming much more positive and much more supportive and helpful for you as an outlet in your life than you might think at first. So pay attention to that in the second half of the year, especially as soon as Jupiter goes into Taurus, and then it's going to spend the rest of the year all the way through December trans transiting through that sector of your chart. All right, other positive transits this year. We've got a Venus retrograde that's going to happen this summer, especially between June and October in the sign of Leo, which is your eighth house of shared resources. So for some of you, the um, having a Venus retrograde in the eighth house can be about going back and looking at and revising old uh, contacts or connections or contracts with, with people from your past in order to um, have it benefit you a little bit more financially. Essentially, this is a potentially a positive financial transit because the eighth house is one of the financial sectors of your chart, which usually can indicate things like um, shared resources with a partner, either a business partner or a relationship partner. It can also signify things like taxes, debt, and loans. Um, but, but since it's a Venus transit, a positive or a benefic transit, it should be potentially something positive happening in that area of your life, such as a windfall, um, uh, like a tax rebate, or other things like that. For those of you that are married or that are in partnerships, it may just be a positive period financially for your partner, which ends up indirectly affecting you in some way, um, as represented by your eighth house. So 
I think this will be a good transit, especially for those of you with night charts where Venus transits tend to be a little bit more positive. Uh, the 8th house can sometimes also have to do with issues surrounding mortality or inheritance. Um, so for some, especially if you have certain natal planets in that sign, it could be a positive windfall financially through an inheritance or something similar to that archetypally. All right, those are the Venus transits. The last major transits that I really wanted to talk about and focus on for this year ahead forecast are the eclipses that are going to be taking place this year because we're going to see a bit of a shift where the eclipses are moving from the Scorpio-Taurus axis um, to the Aries-Libra axis during the course of this year, but they're kind of stuck in between for a period. So the first two eclipses, there's going to be one in Aries in your fourth house of home, living situation, and parents on April 20th. So major beginnings and major endings in that area, which kind of complements the um, Jupiter transit that I already mentioned that's happening in the first five months of the year. So again, a major beginning or a major ending in that sector of your life. And then the second transit that's going to happen, or the second eclipse that's going to happen just two weeks later, is going to be a Scorpio eclipse in your 11th house of friends and groups. So this could be a major beginning or a major ending when it comes to the topic of friendship in your life in either starting a new major friendship that ends up becoming important in your life, or potentially in some instances it could be ending a friendship or having a friendship, uh, uh, like a chapter of friendship in your life come to a close for some reason if you've reached some sort of transition point. So for some of you, this is a topic that you should already have some idea of how that's working out or playing out in your life because we've already had two sets of eclipses in Scorpio over the course of the past year, largely in 2022. So this eclipse, this last eclipse in Scorpio should be bringing to a close that period of transition that's been taking place over about the past year, year and a half now when it comes to the topic of friendship in your life. All right, so moving on, the second set of eclipses this year, there's going to be one in October, on October 14th in the sign of Libra, which is in your 10th house of career. And this should represent a major new beginning or a major ending when it comes to your career and your overall life direction. So some people will either start a new job and start a, a brand new chapter of their life for career at this time when they have an eclipse taking place in their 10th house. Or in other instances, there can be a major ending when it comes to careers, such as um, going into a period where you retire or you quit one job in order to transition into another. So typically that's how you get both this idea of both an ending, a major ending, as well as a major beginning. So pay attention to that later this year because that's going to be the first in a series of eclipses in your 10th house. And we're going to see a continuation of that topic through 2024 when we get more eclipses taking place in Libra and Aries in your 10th house of career and your fourth house of your home and your private life and your parents. Finally, the last major eclipse is going to be a Taurus eclipse, which is going to take place um, also in October in your fifth house of children, creativity, and romance. So that should just um, affirm some of the Jupiter transits in the second half of the year where I was talking about growth and expansion in that sector of your chart. And having an eclipse fall there in the fifth should just make that 
um, even more important and make some of those events and developments of growth and expansion have much greater long-term impact than you might think at first. So you may have a, a significant romantic encounter at that time that seems like it should be a relatively passing thing, but instead it becomes something that impacts your life in a much more significant way than you thought at first. Or alternatively, you could start some new leisurely activity or some hobby that seems like a kind of blow-off thing at first, but then it turns out to be um, something that sticks with you for many, many years past that point. So pay attention to little things like that when it comes to that eclipse, um, since that's also the closing of a, a major eclipse series in your 11th house of friends and your 5th house of creativity and fun and games. All right, so I think those are all of the major, major transits that I wanted to talk about today. So just to summarize, the main keywords or the main areas of your life that are going to be active this year, um, early in the year, major area is going to be health and work due to that Mars retrograde transit. Then starting in March, we're going to move into a period where communication, neighbors and siblings is much more of the focus with the Saturn transit. And then home and parents as a major focus this year due to the eclipses and the Jupiter transit, followed by children, creativity, and hobbies due to the Jupiter transit through Taurus in the second half of the year and the eclipse there. And then finally, other themes this year are shared resources, career, and friends. So that covers a lot of topics for you. You have a lot going on this year, but I think at different points in this year, you'll see how those become the main themes when you end up looking back on this year in retrospect once 2023 is over. So it looks like a great year. Uh, good luck this year, and I'll see you next year in 2024. For Aquarius and Aquarius Rising for the year of 2023, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So my horoscopes are meant to be read primarily from the perspective of your rising sign, which should be Aquarius, although you can also look at them from the perspective of your sun sign, especially if you're born during the day or your moon sign, especially if you're born at night. So here's some of the main transits that I want to talk about here in this forecast that are what I think are the major planetary alignments next year and some of the dates associated with them. The very first one I want to talk about is um, as soon as the year opens in 2023, we're going to be finishing up the Mars retrograde period in Gemini in your fifth house. So the fifth house traditionally has to do with uh, topics such as children, creativity, pleasure, uh, hobbies such as different fun, fun and games, as well as sex, sexuality, and romance. So Mars retrograde periods can sometimes be kind of contentious and it can bring some tensions to this area of your life, where sometimes it's just a matter of putting a lot more emphasis or a lot, a lot more energy into this area for some reason. But other times, especially for those of you born with day charts, it may be a period in which you come into some conflicts or have some difficulties or setbacks in this area for some reason. So this transit actually began way back in August, as soon as Mars went into the sign of Gemini, but it really intensified towards the end of October when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde on October 30th. And then it's been slowly moving backwards through the degrees in Gemini over the course of the past several weeks. Until eventually on January 12th, 2023, Mars is going to station direct and begin moving forward again until eventually it departs from Gemini and the transit will be completely over um, in around March 25th of 2023. 
So um, for many of you, this is going to be a, a storyline that you're already familiar with because it's already developed for the most part in the entire second half of 2022. And it's just going to be brought to some sort of completion or conclusion in the first three months of 2023. So for some of you, if you have children, this may have been a, a period of, of conflict or tension with them. Others, there may have been some issues when it comes to um, fun and games and, and things that you usually do for like hobbies or leisurely activities. Um, there may have been more tension around during this time. But whatever it is, uh, wrapping up some of that tension should be part of the initial phase of 2023. So moving into other areas, um, another major transit that's taking place that's actually a big deal for you with Aquarius and Aquarius rising is that Saturn is going to be departing from Aquarius and completing a three-year transit through your first house of mind, body, and self. So for some of you, this may have coincided, uh, a Saturn transit through the first house can coincide with um, health issues uh, because Saturn typically represents um, surmountable difficulties that come up as sort of obstacles or setbacks, either for you physically or in some instances mentally. Um, Saturn can make things slow down and move much more slowly, or it can make you feel like you've aged a lot more in a relatively short span of time. The good news is that this transit, which started way back in March of 2020, is finally coming to an end in March of 2023. And then Saturn is going to move into your second house of finances and possessions. So this is going to start a period where um, things may be a little bit more maybe a little bit more serious, um, or a little bit more heavy, or even having some constriction or um, consolidation surrounding your finances over the course of the next few years. Because this transit, it's going to start in March of 2023, but it's going to last all the way until 2026. So for many of you, may begin a period of needing to restructure your finances and learning how to do with learning how to deal with less a little bit, or learning how to spend money a little bit more wisely and a bit more pragmatically would be one of my main pieces of advice for that transit. So that's going to begin in March, and it's going to last through the end of the year, and then you're going to experience that transit more or less intensely at different points over the course of the next three years. All right, so that's the Saturn transit. The next transit is that Pluto is going to dip into Aquarius, which is your first house for just a few months between March 23rd and June 11th. So this is going to be a period in which um, you're going to have more of an intense and transformational focus on either topics related to your mind or topics related to your body and your sense of self. So when Pluto becomes prominent in a person's birth chart, especially when it hits the angles, it sometimes brings to the forefront um, issues of how one wields and exercises power and the ways in which when you're put in a position of power, if you're able to use that um, power and wield it effectively in a, in a way that's just and, and sort of moral, or if you run into issues with uh, control, manipulation, or power plays in your in your life in different ways. So this is going to be a long term transit because Pluto is going to be going through Aquarius for the next twenty years, all the way through the the twenty forties. Um, but we're just going to get a very brief three month preview of it as soon as Pluto goes into Aquarius here in March. So pay attention to any themes that come up in that time during that three month period 
because they may end up being much more important long-term themes than they may seem like at first. All right, moving on, some of the more positive transits that I wanted to talk about that are happening for you this year is that Jupiter is about to go into Aries here in December of 2022, and it's going to be transiting through that sign and transiting through your third house for the first five months of 2023 all the way through mid-May. So the third house has to do with siblings, neighbors, extended family such as aunts, uncles, and cousins. It also has to do with short-distance travel like your car or getting around town. And the third house especially has to do with communication. So this should indicate a, a five-month period of growth and expansion when it comes to communication where you learn how to communicate more effectively and potentially also more optimistically because Jupiter likes to bring a sense of optimism and growth uh, to whatever area of the chart that it transits. Um, if you have siblings, it may also be a period in which either there's positive things happening in the lives of your siblings or in which your relationship with your siblings go through, goes through a particularly positive period. Um, this can also apply to other third house figures such as um, your extended family and relatives or alternatively even positive developments happening with respect to neighbors or people that live in close proximity to you can be uh, the benefactors of third house transits. So pay attention to all of those areas. Finally, a third house as short distance travel can be something positive with respect to how you get around town, such as getting a new car or having some sort of major transition in terms of just your mobility in general. All right, so after that transit's over, Jupiter is going to depart from Aries in mid-May and it's going to move into Taurus, which is your fourth house of home, family, private life, and parents. So the two primary areas that this will impact is your home and living situation, and it will indicate a relatively positive period for your living situation in the second half of 2023, where there's some sort of positive developments of growth and expansion in that area. So for some of you, this may be moving into a new home or having some sort of fresh start with your living situation or having some sort of sudden windfall that positively impacts your home and just the home environment. Alternatively, the fourth house is also the place of your parents, and sometimes this can indicate some positive or fortuitous events taking place in your parents' lives, or alternatively, just that there's something about your relationship with your parents that improves and gets better and is stabilized around this time, especially if there's been anything that's been up in the air or if you've had any problems with that in previous recent years. So that transit's going to happen in the entire second half of the year. Um, moving on to other benefic transits, another one that's happening that's going to be one of the hallmarks of 2023 that looks more positive is there's going to be a Venus retrograde period in the sign of Leo, which is your seventh whole sign house. So a Venus retrograde, and this is going to start in June as soon as Venus moves into the sign of Leo, but it's really going to intensify um, around July 22nd when Venus slows down and stations retrograde and begins moving backwards in the signs of the zodiac or in the degrees of the zodiac in, in that sign of Leo until it eventually stations direct on September 3rd, and then the transit will officially end about a month later in early October when Venus departs from Leo. So Venus is the planet of love and relationships, and the seventh house is the house or the sector of your chart that has to do with relationships, 
marriage, and partnership in general. So this should be a relatively positive period for relationships where, for some reason, the topic of relationships and love and romance is dominating this several-month period in your life. Um, For those of you with night charts, that should indicate some positive sort of romantic encounters in terms of new relationships or going back and revisiting old relationships because um, retrograde periods often have this backwards-looking orientation because Venus literally starts retracing her steps and moving backwards in the sky. So for some of you, there may be relationships from the past that come back into your life so that you have to reassess whether you'd like to make amends with somebody from the past or reconnect with somebody to the, from the past. And there may be a strong tendency to sort of reignite some old flames potentially. Um, alternatively, it could just be an important turning point in current relationships where you work through and smooth over some difficulties that have come up recently or in the past in order to start moving forward again with a greater sense of unity and a greater sense of purpose in your current relationship. Uh, but generally speaking, that should be a pretty positive relationship transit that's happening uh, for several months during the course of the summer. All right, moving on. The last major thing I want to talk about in this forecast is the eclipses that are going to take place this year. So the first set of eclipses are going to take place in Aries and Scorpio in April and May. So Aries is the third house of communication for you, and I think this is just emphasizing um, some of the third house communication transits that I was talking about earlier, but here bringing a sense of major beginnings and major endings in this sector of your life that will sort of complement the Jupiter transit that I mentioned earlier in the themes of growth and expansion when it comes to siblings, neighbors, communication, or short-distance travel. The other area that's being activated there in that time period is Scorpio and your 10th house, which is the house of career. So this should represent a major beginning or a major ending when it comes to career matters for you. And this is actually a continuation of an eclipse series and a sequence of events that you've already been experiencing for more than a year now because there's been two other eclipses in the sign of Scorpio in your 10th house of career during the course of 2022. Uh, One of them was in October and the other was in like April or May. So major beginnings and major endings when it comes to your career, your reputation, and your overall life direction. Sometimes some people will end or wrap up a, a job or a career at this time and sort of wind down and transition into a new phase of life or into a new career. Other people will just start a new job or start heading in a brand new career direction at this time with eclipses taking place in the 10th house. For many of you, because this is the final eclipse in Scorpio, it may be the continuation and completion of a set of circumstances and a sort of direction that began more than a year ago in terms of heading in this new direction. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something new that comes out of nowhere, but instead it should just, should just be bringing to completion a sequence of events that have already largely built up and taken place already and gained a lot of momentum prior to moving into this year. So yeah, 10th house career. All right, moving on to other eclipses this year. That's the first two set of eclipses. The next pair of eclipses are both going to take place in October. One of them is going to take place in Libra in your ninth house of education and philosophy 
beliefs and foreign travel and should indicate some major beginnings and major endings with respect to those topics. And then the second eclipse in October is going to take place in Taurus in your fourth house of home and living situation. So the ninth house eclipse, major beginnings, major endings with respect to ninth house topics. So the ninth house especially has to do with beliefs and whatever our beliefs are, which can be religious beliefs, it can be philosophical beliefs, it can also be moral beliefs as well, or political beliefs. So for many of you, you may see some major changes in this area where you go through a sort of like transitional state and you start learning something new or you start developing some new beliefs about how the world works and what your place is in it. Um, and that, that doesn't necessarily have to be positive or negative. It just signifies some sort of shift or change in the end of one chapter and the beginning of a new chapter at that time. And we'll see that um, pick up and actually continue as a theme into 2024 because there's going to be more eclipses taking place between Libra and Aries, which are the two houses that represent what you've learned and what you believe versus how you communicate that to other people. So the second eclipse, though, is happening in Taurus in October, and that's your fourth house of home, living situation, and parents. And that should represent a major beginning or major ending with respect to your either living situation or your relationship with your parents. But again, since this is the final eclipse that's taking place in Taurus, it's actually completing an eclipse series and a sequence of events that started way back in late 2021 when we had the first eclipse in the sign of Taurus. So I think this is going to be bringing to completion a series of changes and transitions um, rather than opening up something that's brand new that's kind of like unexpected. Um, but it should be relatively positive because at the same time, you'll still be experiencing that Jupiter transit of growth and expansion in your fourth house when it comes to home and living situation and parents. So I think it'll be sort of like a positive ending or positive conclusion to that sequence of events rather than something that's necessarily more difficult or problematic, even though eclipses sometimes do have a sort of chaotic feel to them sometimes where things suddenly are up in the air or uncertain for a period of time. But generally, it should be positive with respect to home and living situation. So I think that is it, though, in terms of the major transits that I wanted to cover today. So to summarize, some of the main topics or areas of life that should be prominent for you in different ways during the course of this year are the fifth house and children, creativity, and romance, uh, the second house of finances due to that Saturn transit, the third house of communication due to Jupiter and the eclipse in Aries, the fourth house of home, living situation, and parents due to the eclipse and the Jupiter transit in Taurus, and finally the tenth house of career due to that eclipse that's going to take place in the sign of Scorpio. All right, so that's it for this forecast for 2023. Good luck this year, and I'll see you again next year. For Pisces and Pisces Rising, here's some of the major transits that I want to talk about this year that I think are going to be the most crucial ones for you and some of the dates that go along with them. So the first one I want to discuss is the Mars retrograde period in Gemini, which is going to be finishing up during the course of the first four months of the year in your fourth house of your home, your living situation, private life, and your family, or, or in particular, your parents. So Mars retrogrades can sometimes be kind of contentious transits where there can be um, uh, greater tension, um, sometimes fights, or sometimes 
uh, feelings of like severing or separation when it comes to the people associated with that sector of the chart. So this may be a contentious period, for example, with your parents or some sort of tensions in terms of your home and your living situation. Now, most of this transit has taken place actually in the second half of 2022, starting way back in August when Mars first went into that sign. Um, but there was a period of in intensification when Mars slowed down and stationed retrograde on October 30th, where it probably got the most intense. And then what's going to happen in 2023 is that Mars is going to station direct on January 12th and start moving forward again. And then the entire transit is going to be over on March 25th when Mars officially departs from Gemini and leaves your fourth house entirely. So we're kind of just, this probably isn't necessarily something new, but instead it's just wrapping up the threads from a sequence of events that were already taking place in the later part of 2022 as we head into the first three months of 2023. So moving on, the next transit I want to talk about is that Saturn is departing from Aquarius and it's actually moving into Pisces and so into your first house of mind, body, self, and physical appearance. So a Saturn transit through the first house can be kind of a heavy time where things uh, become a little bit more serious, where you and your personality become more serious, where your thoughts are sort of drawn to more serious or even contemplative things. Um, sometimes this can be a period where you need to focus more on your health and taking care of yourself and doing whatever it takes to sort of slow down and take care of yourself and maintain good physical as well as mental health. Uh, Saturn transits can sometimes make you feel um, like you're getting older and you're feeling the effects of age. Sometimes people can feel a little bit lethargic. Um, but ultimately, whatever difficulties or setbacks or surmountable difficulties that come up, many of them hopefully will be things that uh, make you stronger in the long term and give you a stronger and more solid foundation to work from in terms of both your physical and mental health in the future. So this transit's going to start in March of 2025, or sorry, March of 2023, and it's actually going to last for about three years all the way until 2026. So pay attention to any changes that start to take place from March forward, because even if they seem relatively minor at the start, they may turn into much more long-term or much more significant threads that will grow and develop over the course of the next few years. Let's see, moving into the next transit, the planet Pluto is going to dip into Aquarius for just a few months this year, which is your 12th house. Um, so sometimes 12th house transits like that can bring up, especially involving Pluto's issues with uh, people that you don't get along with in your life and themes having to do with uh, control or manipulation and different things like that or, or the use of power. So you may found your, find yourself needing to um, deal with somebody in your life that you don't get along with that's trying to sort of like control or manipulate you in some way and figuring out a good balance of how to push back against them without necessarily going too far, I think will be part of the theme of that transit. So this is just a little preview transit that will start um, from March until June, but it will be a preview of some longer-term trends that may come up over the course of the next decade or so, because technically once Pluto goes fully into Aquarius in the next year or two, 
it's going to be transiting through that sector of your chart for about 20 years until the early 2040s. So it's not necessarily going to be any one event, but more just like a sequence of some major long-term changes that will play out over a number of years. All right, so moving on to some of the more positive transits that you're having this year. One of them that I want to focus on is the Jupiter transit, where Jupiter is going to ingress into your second house of finances, and it's going to stay there actually for the first five months of the year. So this should be a pretty good period of growth and expansion when it comes to financial matters, where you could make some significant changes. Um, this will tie in later actually with some eclipses that are going to take place in April there in Aries in your second house, which should represent major beginnings and major endings when it comes to financial matters in your life. But since Jupiter is going to be transiting there for the first five months, I think it would just be, generally speaking, um, a, a more optimal time for you to start some new business ventures or new ways in order to increase your income and possessions in general overall, and that you might find this to be a more successful time for things like that than other times at your life when it comes to finances. Um, that's especially true for those of you with day charts, because people with day charts tend to experience Jupiter transits a little bit more positively. All right, so that's one Jupiter transit in the first half of the year. The other Jupiter transit that's going to take place this year is going to happen in the second half of the year, and that's going to be Jupiter transiting through your third house of siblings, extended family, communication, and short-distance travel. So having a Jupiter transit through the third house is usually a good time to learn how to communicate more effectively or to broaden your horizons in terms of your communication style. If you've ever thought about learning a foreign language, this can be a good time to do so in terms of literally just learning different ways to communicate or different mediums of communication. Um, if you have siblings, this could be a positive time either in terms of some events taking place in their life or in terms of uh, your relationship with your siblings or other extended relatives like aunts, uncles, cousins, and things of that sort. Um, other third house people are your neighbors and your neighborhood in general. So you may find yourself building new connections and alliances with people that live close to you in your immediate vicinity and sort of learning about how positive or how helpful that, you, that can be when you have friends that live nearby. Uh, third house is also good for short distance travel. So it could be about getting a new car, having some sort of positive development in terms of how you get about your local area or how you get around town. All right. So those are the Jupiter transits. The other positive transit I wanted to mention this year is the Venus retrograde that's going to take place this summer between especially June and October. So in June, Venus is going to ingress into the sign of Leo, which is your sixth house of work and health. And this should be a relatively positive transit in terms of that area of your life, especially for those of you with night charts. Um, but sometimes it can involve going back and bringing back things from the past or reworking old things. So for some of you, this may be reconnecting with an old coworker or doing something that reorganizes your workplace environment, um, having a particularly positive interaction at work through a sequence of events could be part of that because uh, generally Venus brings together and unifies and reconciles things 
And when it goes retrogrades, it can, it can sometimes have you look back and bring something from the past into the future. Um, another area that this might affect is health matters, um, but probably in a positive way. If there's something that you've been having some health issues with, this could be a, go a good time to go back and revise or look at all of the different health routines that you're doing and seeing if there's a way to improve it in some way or to make healthy steps forward in terms of just uh, reconfiguring some of your routines in a way that's beneficial for you and in a way that's going to help you to maintain overall health in the long term. And I think that'll be especially important as a nice way to begin part of that Saturn transit through the first house. So the Venus retrograde, as I said, it begins in June, but it's really going to intensify July 22nd when Venus slows down and stations retrograde, and then eventually it will station direct on September 3rd and Venus will depart from Leo and move out of your sixth house in early October. All right, the last major transits I want to talk about are the eclipses that are taking place this year, where we're having a shift of the eclipses, which were taking place in the Scorpio-Taurus axis, are going to start moving into the, um, into the Aries-Libra axis. So it's moving from your essentially your learning and communication axis and houses of your chart into the financial sector of your chart. So the keywords for that is major beginnings and major endings when it comes to those two, two areas, essentially. So let's, let me give some actual dates on that. So the first eclipse is going to take place in Aries in your third house of communication on April 20th, and this should be a major beginning or a major ending when it comes to your communication style and the way that you communicate, as well as your interactions with siblings, extended family, or neighbors. Then we're going to have a lunar eclipse on May 5th in Scorpio, which is going to be your ninth house of learning, education, and foreign travel. And actually, backing up a second, the Aries eclipse is actually taking place in your second house of finances. So the first one's financially oriented, major beginnings and major endings in terms of finances. And then um, the Scorpio eclipse is the one that's taking place in your learning and educations, and that may indicate a shift in terms of your beliefs, either in terms of religion, politics, um, or even philosophy, because eclipses represent major turning points in terms of that. So this is probably not something brand new. It's probably a continuation or a completion of some trends that have already occurred over the course of the past couple of years, because especially in 2022, we've already had two eclipses in Scorpio. So it should just be bringing to completion some sort of shift or some sort of chapter change that's been happening with respect to your beliefs about how the world works in general. So those are the two factors. And because those eclipses between your ninth house of belief and your second house of finances are both taking place there in the spring in two, two, two weeks apart in April and May, um, somehow that may connect together your education and beliefs with your finances and your sort of earning potential at that time, and some, some interchange between those two topics. So moving on to the second set of eclipses, that's going to take place in Libra and Taurus later this year in October. So the Libra eclipse is taking place in your eighth house of shared resources, other people's money, and also mortality. So the eighth house eclipse is probably connected with the earlier eclipse in Aries 
where the eclipses are starting to move towards your financial axis, which has to do with your own finances and possessions versus the way that money plays a role in your life that belongs to other people. So in some instances, this may involve if you're in a partnership, um, your partner's earning potential changing and either going up or going down in a way that then reflects or affects your relationship as well as your own personal finances. Um, in other instances, eighth house eclipses can relate to topics like debt, taxes, um, and loans. So there could be some major changes and major beginnings or endings, either, uh, for example, taking out some loans or alternatively bringing to completion a period of, of debt or loans that you had taken out previously, because eclipses can also be major endings. So somehow that's taking place and it's tied in with the final Taurus eclipse in October, which is, that was the one I mixed up earlier, that's in your third house of communication in terms of changes in the way you communicate changes with people such as neighbors, siblings, and extended relatives. Um, but I think that one's going to be relatively positive because it's going to combine with that Jupiter transit that's going through your third house at the same time in the second half of 2023, which is more oriented towards growth and expansion in terms of those areas. So uh, that looks like it should be relatively positive. And I believe that Taurus eclipse in October is actually the last Taurus eclipse um, which stretches back to a series that began, I believe, in November of 2021 when we had the first eclipse in to around Taurus. So it was probably opening a whole sequence of events at that point that kept um, indicating major beginnings and major endings in six month intervals in that area of your life. But now by October of 2023, that will all be sort of brought to completion and kind of tied up um, as the eclipses then stop happening in that house. And then shift over more fully to the uh, second house, eighth house axis that has to do with your personal finances. So that was the last major transit that I wanted to mention here for 2023. So to summarize some of the main topics that you're going to be dealing with this year, um, the primary keywords are home and parents because of that Mars retrograde in your fourth house, um, health matters because of the Saturn transit through your first house. Finances due to the Aries eclipse in your second house, as well as the Libra eclipse in your eighth house. Communication due to the Jupiter transit in your second, as well as the Taurus eclipse there in the third. And finally, work and um, improving health matters in general due to the Venus retrograde in Leo in your sixth house. So that is pretty much it. I think those are all the major transits I wanted to go over this year. To talk about what 2023 is going to look like for you. So, good luck in 2023, and I'll see you again next year in 2024. All right, that's it for the horoscopes this year. So, good luck in the year ahead in 2023. Uh, be sure to check out our big forecast episode, which we just recorded a few days ago, and I'm going to release sometime in the next week, where we went through and talked about some of the big picture transits for next year and what they might mean for the world in general. And then we went into more detailed analysis of the transits month by month, uh, focusing in on some lunations and certain aspects and Mercury retrogrades and other things like that that I didn't get into in these horoscopes, but that you might find useful. Um, other than that, I think that's it for this episode. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next time. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including Thomas Miller, Catherine Conroy, Christy Moe, 
Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Mimi Stargazer, and Jean Marie Kaplan. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then please consider becoming a patron through our page on patreon.com. In exchange, you can get access to bonus content that's only available to patrons of the podcast, such as early access to new episodes, the ability to attend the live recording of the monthly forecast episodes, our monthly auspicious elections podcast, or another exclusive podcast series called the Casual Astrology Podcast, or you can even get your name listed in the credits at the end of each episode. For more information, visit patreon.com slash astrology podcast. If you're looking to get an astrological consultation, we have a list of recommended astrologers at theastrologypodcast.com slash consultations. The astrologers on the list are friends of the podcast that have been featured in different episodes over the years, and they have different specialties such as natal astrology, electional astrology, synastry, rectification, or horary astrology. You can get a 10% discount when you book a consultation with one of the astrologers on our list by using the promo code ASTROLOGYPODCAST. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called Astro Gold for Mac OS, which is from the creators of Solar Fire for PC, and it includes both modern and traditional techniques. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you'd like to learn more about my approach to astrology, then I'd recommend checking out my book titled Hellenistic Astrology, The Study of Fate and Fortune where I go over the history, philosophy, and techniques of ancient astrology, taking people from beginner up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can get a print copy of the book through Amazon or other online retailers, or there's an ebook version available through Google Books. I also recently published a new translation of the anthology of the 2nd century astrologer Badius Valens, which is one of the most important sources for understanding the practice of ancient astrology. You can find that by searching for Vadius Valens The Anthology on Amazon or other online book retailers. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. There's over 100 hours of video lectures as well as guided readings of ancient texts, And by the time you finish the course, you will have a strong foundation in how to read birth charts as well as make predictions. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. I also recently launched a new course there called the Birth Time Rectification Course, where I teach students how to figure out your birth time using astrology when the birth time is either unknown or uncertain. You can find out more information about that at theastrologyschool.com. Each year, the podcast releases a set of astrology calendar posters for the coming year, and we've just released our 2023 Planetary Alignments and Planetary Movements posters, which are now available on our website at theastrologypodcast.com store. There you can also pick up our 2023 Electional Astrology Report, where Lisa Scheim and I went through the next 12 months and we picked out the single most auspicious date for each month using the principles of electional astrology. You can get that at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2023 report. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer Magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine, which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. 
Finally, thanks also to the Northwest Astrology Conference, which is happening May 25th through the 29th, 2023, just outside of Seattle. This year's conference is going to be a hybrid conference where you can either attend online or in person. Find out more information at norwac.net.